0: but some customers are continuing to report problems. An eating disorder clinic in Aylesbury, previously featured on the Ian Lee Show, has had another negative report from health, health watchdogs. Last month we told you how one patient was fighting to continue her care at the International Eating Disorder Centre. Her local authority decided to withdraw funding in the wake of a Care Quality Commission report criticising drug management and staff training at the facility. The CQC has now expressed even more serious concerns and is planning to take further action. There will be more on this in the next next hour. Scientists say hundreds of thousands of deer could be culled every year to control their soaring numbers. Researchers at the University of East Anglia say the deer population in the UK has reached 1.5 million, its highest level since the last ice age. Yvonne Taylor from animal rights charity PETA says a cull is cruel and unnecessary.
1: We're
2: never going to achieve ecological harmony through the barrel of a gun. Humane methods are the only ways that have been proven to work. All that's going to happen is that by reducing the deer population, it's going to be short term.
0: The internet giant Google is updating its controversial Street View facility despite claims it's a useful tool for burglars. When the facility launched in 2009, people in the Broughton area of Milton Keynes blocked their street to stop the firm's car taking photographs that they considered a security risk. Today, the firm's announced plans to capture more images for its interactive maps. In sport, New Zealand's cricketers dominated England on day two of the first test in Dunedin. Having lost the toss, England batted first and were bowled out for 167 runs. The weather, cloudy with s- occasional rain. Rain or drizzle, and a top temperature of six degrees Celsius. That's forty-three degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbccouk three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Have you got a needle and thread? Um Not on me. No. There
3: is six foot long, and her daughters, your three daughters, their hair is going the same way. It's disgusting, isn't it? I'll say this now. If your hair is approaching your bottom. Oh, for goodness sakes, get it cut. It looks awful. I'm sure it's your pride and joy. It looks absolutely flipping awful. Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook, you've been very feisty on Facebook We like the feistiness We also I, I don't mind the criticism of the show as well I don't know how the other presenters feel, but I don't mind it It means you're engaging and taking part And that's the main thing yeah. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR you, Have a little bit of... You can argue with each other Don't be rude, that's the only, the only rule like, We will delete things that are overly rude But argue with each other, be feisty It's good, it's what the internet was made for You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR, and as always, put your name on it, please. Or, look, the switchboard is empty. Can we get a call by quarter past six? 08459 455555. Who's going to be the first call of the day?
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Want to be the first call of the morning? 08459 455555. We'll speak to you after a little bit of ABBA. No C3 Counties Radio 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number should you wish to give us a call. Now, more than 2 million people in the UK have given up work to care for disabled, sick or elderly relatives and loved ones. A poll for Carers UK has found that more than one in five of the adult population have seen their work affected by caring responsibilities, with an estimated 2.3 million leaving jobs to care for a loved one. Jill Denman is one of them. She had to give up work to look after her parents.
5: My mother is nearly 97 and my father is 92. They both have physical disabilities. My mother also has vascular dementia, which is far more challenging. I had to give up work about uh, 2006 to look after them both. I haven't really... had any prospect of being able to work since because I'm literally looking after them 24-7.
3: The survey showed that almost 3 million people have reduced their working hours to cope with caring responsibilities. The hardest hit were 45 to 54-year-olds where more than one in four reported that caring had taken a toll taken a toll on their work. The findings have prompted Carers UK and the group Employers for Carers to call for more support for people attempting to juggle work and caring roles. Emily Holtzhausen has, is the director of policy at carers uk
6: we know the impact that it has on people's lives but the scale of the issue is is quite
5: surprising and particularly with the fact that our population is aging more and more of us are going to be caring at some point in our lives particularly during our working lives and unless we tackle this problem It's going to be a problem not just for family but for business and the economy as a whole.
3: Jill Denman says she would have liked to have had more information and support before she started caring for her parents.
5: I didn't have enough information. When I went into this, I thought it was with my eyes open but it certainly was with more of my eyes closed. There is so little information about what stresses a family carer goes through, what help is available or actually isn't available and you really need a one point of access as well as anything else to actually find out how you can be a carer.
3: 38 year old Vaughan Plant from Stopfold in Bedfordshire had to give up his full time job to look after his mother who has Parkinson's
7: I used to be a shop manager and my mum's got Parkinson's disease, and, uh, and because she's about, she now needs 24 hour around the clock, so um, that's why I had to give up my, my job. Working meant that I had like, money to pay for what I wanted for, but unfortunately, um, my mother's more important than... <laughs> that sort of thing you know it's changed my life yeah because i've had to put my life on hold i mean i've also got a father that's um in a home that has had a, a stroke that and i have to also deal with him too and, and my mum as well so that can be very very draining and tiring i'm not married i'm not in a relationship either but when i was i was putting my mother first and um of course that that went all fair shape the days seemed so long and the and the nights are and I've got no life either, so just something to get me me back to work and that would be nice, but as long as I know my mum's cared for...
3: The 2011 census in England and Wales showed one in ten residents, a total of 5.8 million people, devotes at least part of their week to caring for disabled, sick or elderly relatives and loved ones without any expectation of payment. In 2001, the figure was 5.2 million. Carers UK believes that, as with uh, childcare a generation ago, employers can play a critical role in shifting how we, as a society, support people with family responsibilities.
4: Across beds, hearts and backs, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. Did you hear um, the gentleman in that uh, piece there use the phrase pear-shaped? It all went pear-shaped. Who knows where that comes from? Who knows? Who knows? Do you know? Oh, wait, oh, double, five, five, double, five. Where does the phrase... Oh, it's all gone pear-shaped come from. I know. I do know. I know I say I'm quite clever sometimes. I know I come across as a, as a bumbling idiot. It's an act, really. Very intelligent. Do you know where the phrase, it's all gone pear-shaped, comes from? 08459 double five five double five. Quick look at uh, the front pages of the newspaper. No, we won't, actually, because so we haven't got time. I, I'll do this quickly, this uh, hair story, I think. It's in a lot of the newspapers. It's not really a story. It's, it's four people in a family have got long hair. But the thing is, it's really long. It's a family of real-life Rapunzel, says the son, with a combined hair length of more than 14 feet. Mum, Terry Lynn, Svetlick, Russell, what? 43, and her girls, aged 11, 9, and 6, uh, brushed rivals aside, I see what they've done there, in ponytail contests. Ponytail contests? Anyway, these four girls, the three girls and a mum, they've all got really long hair. It all goes down to their bums. But the mum, it stops just short of her ankle. I don't get the long hair. I find it, I don't want to be too rude, I find it really unattractive. And I think if you are a, a, a woman primarily, men as well, although men don't tend to have it this long. If you're someone with long hair that goes close to your bum or below it, there's something wrong with you. Why are you making such a big feature? Oh, I've got long hair. Yeah, it looks awful. Why are you doing it? Can we find someone who's got long hair that's approaching their backside so they can justify it, please? 08459 four double five five double five. It doesn't look good. No one likes it. It's very unattractive. And also, where does the phrase it's all gone pear-shaped come from? I'll tell you more
8: after the travel news with Sophie Tyler.
4: and bucks travel.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Good morning. Well, no major problems to update you with just yet. Looks like it's actually moving fairly well on the sensors despite the weather at the moment. M25 is looking good, heading down the western stretch in particular. And the M1 also moving nicely around Stevenage as well. Uh, Looking like it's moving well on the uh, usual trouble areas. The north orbital in particular is looking good. The A414 moving nicely and uh, also looking good on the trains at the moment. No major problems to be updating you with on the departure boards this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you, you, Sophie. I'm in terrible trouble with my faders today. Not trouble with the faders, trouble with my fingers picking the wrong faders. Well we'll get there eventually. It's only what six months. Morning, it's 6.16. It's Thursday the 7th of March. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million adults have given up work to take care of a family member, according to a survey by Carers UK. A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. In sport, Celtic are out of the Champions League after a 5-0 aggregate defeat against the Italian champions Juventus. The weather today for Beds hearts and bucks cloudy with occasional rain or drizzle. Six degrees is the top temperature. Coming up, four years since Google Street View was launched. Well, people in Broughton chased one of the cars down the street... Because they said it was an invasion of their privacy. We'll catch up with them before six thirty to find out
4: how they feel about it now. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Saturday, Today, it's all about the football on
3: Three Counties Sport. There's a choice of four live games, including Watford at home to Blackpool. First,
1: Jerry he with the shot, and it's in! What a turnaround here, Victorin!
3: MK Dons away to Sheffield United.
1: It's going to come out, McLeod!
3: Stevenage at Preston. Can
10: Stevenage get on to that?
11: Yes! No! It's Marcus Haver. has got on to the end of that one.
12: And Luton versus Hereford. Howes with the shot,
11: and it's in the back of the net, and he placed that really nicely, did Jake
3: Owls? Three Counties Sports, Saturday from 2, BBC Three Counties Radio.
13: I can still feel a touch Of your thin blue jeans Running down the alley i got my eyes all over you, baby Oh, baby Thank him like the candles, no expression on oh my this car i'll be safe.
3: Now, you might use Google Street View to have a look at your own street. You check out houses to buy, or just be a bit nosy. We were having lots of fun with it last week as we were showing off our houses to each other. It was, it was lots of fun. Catherine Boyles, I don't want to give away too much information about where she lives, but her address, 60... No, uh, her, uh, her house on um, Google Street Maps, the door's wide open. The door's where well, you, can, you can actually see inside her house. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Well, it's nearly four years since it arrived in the UK, and now it's getting a major revamp. The Street View cars have been roaming Britain, refreshing the coverage in the big cities and bringing new images to remote places. Catherine, I suggest you keep your door shut this time. When it launched, while some were fascinated, others were appalled at what they saw was an invasion of their privacy. In 2009, people in Broughton in Milton Keynes chased a Street View car away. (laughs) Did they chase it away? That's fantastic. (laughs) accused with flaming torches and accused Google of trying to peer through their windows. Well, our reporter, Tony Fisher, went back to London Road in the village to see what people think of it now.
14: There was a few of the villagers and they didn't want the houses put on Street View. We didn't know that it was coming. Obvious that they were coming down here and it got blocked for a little while, but we're on there now.
11: Got blocked on the internet?
14: As far as I know, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you
11: look at it now, you're all on there.
14: Yes, yeah, we are. Yeah, and I've actually used it at work to show the village as it is now, comparison to the old village before all the houses were built. So it's...
11: So you quite like it.
14: It's had its benefits. Um, My daughter's friend managed to find us because she wasn't sure where we are. The only thing that we were worried about is how far you zoom in. And, you know, some people may be able to see in the windows or not, but you can't. You can't see anything. My name is Denise.
11: And so, street view, is it an invasion or is it actually a useful tool?
14: I think it's an invasion if the camera is recording into your
15: garden, um, which obviously could be into house windows as well. And, you know, whatever you're doing or whatever's going on in your garden is private,
11: I think. And were you part of the little protest that happened here a few years ago in Broughton? Um,
15: I I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't in at the time. Um, but I certainly supported the couple of residents residents that actually asked the camera to stop recording because the cameras were recording over hedges into people's gardens.
11: But I, I don't think it's necessarily come out to be a burglars charter, as many people were, were, were worrying about.
15: No, probably not. Possibly not. But I think if you had young kids playing in the garden in a paddling pool in the summer and a street view car went down... Recording over a hedge over a garden fence. I don't think that's appropriate. But, yeah, no, no, I don't think it has.
11: There's a gentleman down there who I've spoken to who says he's on Street View giving two fingers up to the Street View camera. So and he's not been
15: blanked out. And I has don't he? think
11: he has. No, no.
15: <laughs> I think they said that, but I think there's people who have been caught out by it. I just think if you're being recorded, you'd like to know about it, and obviously he didn't know about it.
3: There are some great images on, on Google Street View. There, uh, when, when people kind of got wise to what was going on, there are people pre- um, pretending to be um, run over. Or they're kind of sticking out from under cars. There are people in skips. There are people pretending to have sex. Have you seen those? Well, listening to, to that is security expert Michael Fraser. Morning, Michael. Good morning. Here,
16: what's your opinion o- of Google Street View? Um, I don't actually think it's a good idea because people use it for the wrong things. You've got opportunists and professionals. Uh, burglars who are looking at Street View, they'll choose a property and they'll actually target that property. And the, the biggest thing about Street View is it does give you an insight of a personality of who lives at that house, what that house is about. Do,
10: does it? Does it, I,
3: I thought it just showed houses. How, how, does, how does it make more places uh, attractive
16: to burglars? What they do is have a look look at a, a street whether it's a cul-de-sac or whatever it is yeah. a look at the property you can tell what the property is like you can get the address yeah. you can have a look around the back of it so what what you're doing is hmm. giving the burglar confidence he, he wants confidence when he's burglar going to burgle a place yes so what he'll do is look at it look at an escape route have a look at it if it's a tidy property if it's nice Got no alarm on, he'll go for it. He'll just target it. Um, what what people don't realise, and you know, you go to an estate agent, and they will never ever admit to this, but they put properties online. A burglar can have a look at that property, the in, inside of the property, oh. but all everything there, because what they're trying to do is obviously sell that property. But what the burglar does is have a look inside, what you've got, the address. He knows what sort of income it is because he can get the value of the property. He's got the address and he knows how to go around that property. And if it looks a, a, a good property to burgle, he'll do it. He'll just burgle it. You can see inside, you can see whether it's got an alarm, whether the people have got animals, mm. that, that flap in the back door, that does weaken the back door area. So that they'll choose that and then they'll target the property. And street, it just helps them. I know, you know, well, probably 90% of people are looking at it for interest, but you have got a 10% who will look at it to top properties.
3: Well, suddenly, Michael, I feel very uncomfortable. What advice could you give to people to protect
16: their homes then? Well, uh, you know, it's just normal advice, really, because really you should have two locks on your front door, not just one. A cylinder lock is not a lock. It is just a something that shuts the door too. Two locks on the front door, a cage over the inside of the letterbox, because what's becoming very popular now is letterbox fishing. They'll put a hole through, pick keys up or hand back up the stairs, they'll pull it to the door, take the keys out, and they've got the car that's on the drive. But if you do... Get out of the normal habit of just dropping your handbag there or putting the keys in the hall. Uh, Don't put a calendar in the kitchen that says, oh, we're on holiday tomorrow, because they can read as well. They'll go around the back, look at your calendar, know when you're away, and they'll come in. Keep things away from the back door so they can't use things like patio tables to climb up to the first floor if there's a window open. Lock tools away in the shed, and they'll choose... Another property that won't go for your
3: property. Yes, in your face, my neighbours. Michael, thank you very much for that very useful advice. Well, without giving away too much. I thought Google Street View was a bit of fun, but it turns out by combining that with um, estate agents' details online, they can target exactly which places to knock off and how to escape from them. Well, suddenly I feel a little bit uncomfortable. Well, we did invite Google onto the programme, but its UK spokesperson for Street View is currently away travelling. I'm guessing in the Street View car, recording stuff. I would hope so anyway.
8: Right. Travelling News Now, here's Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio
9: still looking good out there at the moment, moving nicely on the motorways, no problems on the M11, the M1 or the M25, all looking good as well around the A405 at the North Orbital Road and the A41 as well, looking fairly good at the moment. Now the trains are also moving nicely on the departure boards at the moment. Sophie Tyler, BBC, Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you very much, Sophie. 08459 455555 the, the, the main local talking points this morning are long hair, it looks ridiculous, and we're where on earth does the phrase it's all gone pear-shaped come from 08459 455555 here's the news with Catherine Boyle whose hair is just approaching the length it could maximum length it could be acceptable it almost makes sense hearts and bugs talking
4: this is BBC
0: three counties radio Good morning, the 6.30 headlines. More than two million adults have given up work to take care of a family member, according to a survey by Carers UK. A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. And customers of Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest and Ulster Bank were unable to withdraw cash for several hours last night after the RBS group was hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months. (laughs) Beds, hearts, and bucks. Sports.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first Test in Dunedin. At stumps, New Zealand it were 131 without loss a short time ago, trailing England's first innings total by 36 runs. Jonathan Trott, top scored for England with 45 runs, and he accepts the side's batting performance as a whole wasn't good enough.
17: Everyone just got out, and you know, in soft fashion. You can't question the guys' commitment and training and stuff like that, preparation. At the end of the day, we weren't good enough today, and uh, you. You know, unfortunately, that's the way it is in the series, of started like that, But there's a lot of more cricket left in the series, and especially this game.
0: Celtic are out of the Champions League after a 5-0 aggregate defeat by Juventus. They lost 2-0 in Turin last night. Celtic manager Neil Lennon said he's very proud to have managed his side against some of the best teams in Europe. Tonight, Tottenham face Inter Milan in their Europa League last 16 first leg tie at the San Siro. They're set to be without Emmanuel Adebayo as the uh, striker is still suffering from a knee injury he picked up in Sunday's North London Derby. Kickoffs at 5 past 8 tonight. And reports in several national newspapers this morning suggest Manchester United striker Wayne Rooney could leave the club this summer. Rooney, who was left out of United's starting lineup for their midweek defeat against Real Madrid, has previously been linked with Paris Saint Germain. Julien Laurent is a French journalist and he says PS. Are interested in signing Rooney.
10: Last season, there were a few discussions between United and PSG, where United said, "Don't even go there." But clearly, this summer things could be completely different. And for PSG, who are looking for a striker and who will sign a world top striker, Rooney is definitely on the on the shortlist.
0: And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock.
4: Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning.
3: Coming up in the next 30 minutes or about. do you remember last month we told you about an eating disorder centre in Aylesbury, which had had a bad report from the Care Quality Commission? Well, we've now learned it's had another one. Our reporter Paul Scoynes has been following this story, and he'll tell us what's happened. And our reporter Justin Daly is on his way to see a community centre in Milton Keynes. Nothing particularly remarkable about a community centre, you might be thinking. Apart from this one... It's owned by the Queen. And residents want, it, uh, want to see it open again. 08-459-455-555. Oh, oh.
13: After
1: it's all been said The music's spinning in our head Can't forget the it. feeling of oh. The magic of that summer in Time's never had to end And now's the time to let.
3: boys isn't it time it's from their album they released last year which should have been an absolute stinker it wasn't it was brilliant who'd have thunk it do you know what today all i'm going to do is i'm going to check into a hotel and just listen to music all day and watch videos on youtube that's what i'm doing that's what i'm i don't doing. care now, this is a story we did uh, a while ago. An eating disorder centre in Aylesbury, featured on this programme last month, has had another bad report from the health watchdog. The Care Quality Commission says the International Eating Disorder Centre is now taking further action. Our reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been across this story. Morning, Paul. Morning. Remind us of the background.
18: Well, again, this was the Centre for uh, Treatment of Easing Disorders in Aylesbury, Wendover Road in Aylesbury. And last month we reported that there'd been an inspection in October last year, which had highlighted uh, severe failings at the centre. The CQC had ordered for certain areas to be improved or said it would take action. uh, And that followed uh, concerns that it had on the way that the centre conducted assessments, it conducted its care plans, and also the monitoring of the drugs that it gave to its patients. It has since followed up with an unannounced inspection in December and that report has just been published yesterday. And the report's not great, is it? It's not, no. It would appear that that inspection has uh, seemed to not, or seemed to show that the, the centre has not made progress on some of the actions that it was uh, asked to do. It still needs to take action in six out of seven areas inspection uh, inspected. Sorry, It says that the management of individuals was poor, uh, that people weren't receiving the appropriate care there, that the bed rest in some cases wasn't being observed. Uh, there was also, for example, gaps in fluid charts as well, so making sure that people were drinking the right amount water. Uh, there are still problems with medication. People are still receiving certain medication when it should have stopped. Uh, there's also evidence that staff had had training since the last inspection but then that perhaps wasn't being used properly especially pertaining to things like people's mental health records. So still some serious concerns about uh, how the centre was being run and certainly now the centre has told us or the, the, the CQC have told us that they are going to look at taking further action. Uh, we, we spoke to a former patient
3: at the centre last month She'd been pulled out, hadn't she, by her local authority.
18: Yeah, that's right, Ian. You spoke to Ella, who told us about her experiences in the centre. Now, she had been removed mid-treatment by her local authority after it had these concerns following October's report. She has suffered from anorexia nervosa for for over 20 years and was three months into a four-month programme. She was removed just days before Christmas. She was very upset at that, and she actually said that she'd had a very positive experience at the centre, and she told you uh, her reaction when she found she was being removed from the
14: centre. Devastated if I'm honest and completely shocked it came from nowhere we had no idea we'd known the CQC had inspected but we had no idea of the outcome as far as we were concerned our care was was fine and our best interest was to stay there so it shocked me and it had a massive impact on me and not just me my family as well.
3: The centre's report wasn't particularly good was it that's the reason that it was the funding was being withdrawn
14: Definitely I've seen a copy of the report and from the report it it is quite damning and um, it certainly comes across that our lives were being put at risk. However, um, I feel that that is so far from the truth, if anything, our, our lives were being saved there.
18: Now, i've caught up with ella since yesterday and she says that she's still struggling with her illness but that she's managed to return to work part-time and she said to me that it still makes me angry and frustrated that there's not enough awareness about anorexia and so much in the media about the effects of obesity that has on on, on people's lives so she she's still very frustrated but she her, her reaction to the news yesterday was that she was disappointed that the center was still receiving bad comments what does the cqc say about its inspection well, they said that the inspectors found that the service was failing to meet the national targets, that the uh, CQC was currently taking further action to protect the people, and they, they couldn't give us anything more than that, saying that they uh, were looking at uh, using legal re- uh, sort of action potentially as a, as a way of, of changing things. They, they, they do have a certain range of, of powers that they can do or they can use. They, they say that they can restrict the services or even suspend or cancel the services so that might be something that they're looking at um and they they also say that they can offer uh, issue a, a financial penalty in some instances as well yeah.
3: and the, the international
18: eating disorder center what, what have they said to us Uh, Well not much I'm afraid Uh, We tried to reach them several times yesterday Someone did answer the phone when I gave them a ring And I told them who I was And they they said that they had no comment on the report I then asked them if they were still open And they put the phone down on me Uh, And then I called them back a bit later on Without saying who I was and they put the phone down on me again, oh. uh, and I believe that some of the other colleagues who tried as well uh, had the same experience. So okay. unfortunately, we've not been able to speak to. Okay,
3: it. well, I know you will. Uh, you'll be like a dog with a bone, and you, you'll you'll keep pursuing them, Paul. Just to go off on a tangent. Anyone who's following you on Twitter at Paul may be concerned that your carbon monoxide alarm went off this morning. Is everything okay in Scroings Towers?
18: It is, it is. It went off at four o'clock this morning in this loud, high-pitched beeping noise, um, and uh, we, we called the people, we called the gas-safe people, and they came out just, just an hour and a half later, and, uh, uh, and everything's all right. We had to have all the windows open, so uh, a rather disturbed night. But everything's fine. Thank you for your concern.
3: We're all, we're all concerned about you, Paul, in many, many ways.
18: We'll be following that story as it uh, continues, and,
3: uh, oh, I do apologise. Paul Scoines will be um, chasing that story like a dog with a bone. 08459 oh, five, 455 double, 555... Double, BBC Three Counties Radio. Turns out none of you know where it's all gone pear-shaped comes from. I will tell you a bit later on. Go to facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. You'll see the picture of um, the lady who's got hair that's just... It goes down to just above her ankle. It's too long. It's too long. Long hair... I think halfway down the back is kind of the maximum length that men and ladies can get away with. Otherwise, it just looks very unpleasant. There's nothing attractive about it at all, is there? A nice bob. A little bob. read al-Sassoon. That's what you want. I'm right, aren't I? And you know I'm right. 08459 four double five five double five. And old people with long hair. When it goes grey. No, 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 no. Willie Nelson. For goodness sakes, Willie Nelson. Cut your hair. Oh, 08459 five, 455 double, 555 double, 645. Here's the travel news
8: with Sophie Tyler.
4: Beds, hearts and bugs travel.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Anti-clockwise on the M25. It's looking heavy at the moment around Junction 21 at the M1. And the A405 North Orbital Road also looking slow as well, approaching the uh, roundabout at the junction with the M25 at 21A. Everything else still not looking too bad at the moment. The rest of the motorways are moving nicely. And on the whole, the train's looking good as well on the departure boards. Despite the weather, everything is coping fairly well this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you, Sophie. Morning at 6.46. It's Thursday the 7th of March. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million adults have given up work to take care of a family member, according to a survey by Carers UK. Customers of Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest, and Ulster Bank were unable to withdraw cash for several hours last night after the RBS group was hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months. In sport, England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first Test in Dunedin. And coming up, residents on a Milton Keynes estate who want to reopen a community centre which has been closed for years have found out it's owned by Her Majesty. We'll hear more before seven. But now let's get the latest weather with a with Rosini Beds Hearts and
19: Bucks weather
4: BBC Three Counties Radio Hello, a very
20: good morning to you. It's a rather grey, drizzly, wet old start to the day, very damp indeed. Uh, we've got a system pushing in from the west that's going to give us bursts of rain ready on and off through the course of the afternoon, easing off at times, but just leaving lots of low cloud in its wake. At least it is a fairly mild start to the day. It won't be quite as mild as it was yesterday by the afternoon, but we're still looking at temperatures between around 8 and perhaps 10 degrees Celsius in Newton and Stevenage too, that's 50 in Fahrenheit. The southeasterly breeze will pick up a touch more as we head into this afternoon but really very damp indeed all day and then that rain eventually pushing off to uh, well to uh, of northeast, really I suppose as we head into this evening and overnight so it should be a much drier start to the day tomorrow temperatures down to around seven or perhaps even eight degrees celsius overnight again that thick cloud acting like a bit of a blanket so it will be a mild start to the day tomorrow again some more light patchy outbreaks of rain around again still feeling mild tomorrow temperatures up to 10 degrees celsius There'll be more outbreaks of rain, I'm afraid, on Saturday. temperature's dropping a degree or so, down to around 7 degrees Celsius by the afternoon. But we've got a bit of a shock in store, I'm afraid, for Mother's Day. In the afternoon, we're going to see some very low temperatures, indeed some cold air pushing through. An easterly breeze setting up and put the possibility of some sleet showers into next week. That's the forecast. It's all
4: going to get very cold again.
3: Thanks, Elizabeth.
4: Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: No two days are ever the same on my programme. That's because I get to meet passionate local people. As usual, over a pint in the Queen's Head one night in Amtour, we said, hey, why don't we have a a pop-up cinema? And we just got together and we... Convert Parkside Hall into a cinema.
12: Play loads of great music. The birds, Mr. Tambourine Man. Tell me which other show on the radio goes from Leanne Rhymes to Elvis Presley. And sometimes I try to learn new skills. And then you've got the white thread basically connected to these bobbins, which may
4: all dead. I may have messed them up. Nick Coffer, Monday to Saturday from twelve on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Google Street View, it's four years old today. When it first came out. Uh, there were some protesters who went, whoa, no, we're not having this. They chased the Google car away. Well, do you use it? Apparently it makes uh, its uh, manna from heaven to some burglars. Joe's
21: from Letchworth. Joe, are you a burglar? Uh, no, not in this life. OK, um,
3: good for you. Well done. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Do, are, are you a fan of the Street View?
21: Absolutely, mate. It is the best thing, apart from um, bitching at people on the internet.
3: Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's, that's always good fun to do. Why, why is it so good? Why, why do you enjoy it so much?
21: Well, if I want to go somewhere nice, or go for a walk in the countryside, or go and see somewhere, I use it to say, right, okay, let's have a look at the area. Um, Let's look at the type of of scenery and landscapes, I can use it for that. I use it for work every single day. Hang on, Uh, on,
3: we'll go back a You use it to look at the types of scenery and landscapes? Yeah. What, so if you're going to go to, like, like a forest or something, go, well, let's let's have a look at the the entrance of the forest, so we can see what the scenery and the landscape is like.
21: Yes, because you, first of all you use the satellite view, and yeah. then you can drag the little yellow man down to street level and say, "Oh, that looks like a nice place to go, either for a bit of ca- for a little small camping holiday, or a, or a bit of hiking, or a bit of rambling, what, what, or whatever." What,
3: what's what, what? That doesn't that take out some of the spontaneity of like right today we're going to jump in the car, we're going to go here, and let's just see what we
21: find. Um, I suppose it does to, to a, a very small degree, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's like we can just say, "Look, that looks like a really nice place." Why don't we just go and have a look and see what and, you know? Do a little bit of discovering down in the area, and you um, use it for work as well. Yep, I do. I, I use it on a daily basis because I have to go out and see how my lovely uh, crews are doing, um, putting fibre optic cables in the footpaths and in the roadways, keeping yes. your internet nice and fast for you. Here.
3: Yes, thank you very much. Now um, I finally got it. Yes.
21: So basically, when I get a job back for or I get something like that, I have to look at it and go right. That's that's. That's what I need to look at. That's the type of road. Do I need to set up traffic lights, temporary traffic lights to get the work done? It is a fantastic tool. And the people that you had on earlier, um, the woman talking about her her child bathing in, in, in the front garden, who on earth nowadays that does that anyway? No well, it's one. It's funny
3: you should say that. We got a text from Nick who says, the woman worried about them filming children in paddling pools in the front garden made me laugh. If she will let her children bathe in the front garden, I, th- I should think Google are the last of her worries. How about the random passers-by who can see her kids? I exactly. really wonder whether some
21: people think before they speak. Nick um, is absolutely spot on. And you know what? I think this is... The thing is, isn't this, right, the whole thing about um, freedom, okay in this country, we have the freedom to pretty much do whatever we want within the confines of the law, OK? Which means that if I want to go out and take photos anywhere on the public highway or the footpath, I can do that. It's my God-given right and it's my freedom to do that. These people, mate, are, are living in the 1300s so, with pitchforks. It's interesting,
3: <laughs> it's interesting you, you say that, because you know what? There are loads of places in London where you're yep. not allowed to take um, photos. I did a thing about this for, for Inside Out. On the South yep. Bank, you're not allowed to take photos, even though you've got the Houses of Parliament, you've got all these wonderful things. Because, although it looks like it's public, it's privately owned. We could go off on a tangent here, Joe. We won't. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. Here's one of the greatest pop songs of all time.
22: All the leaves are brown.
13: The
1: law
3: Milton Keynes estate who want to reopen a community centre which has been closed for years have found out it's owned by the Queen. The local councillor, Robert Middleton, has now written to the Queen and the Lord Lieutenant of Buckinghamshire, asking them to intervene. Well, this morning, Justin is with Robert Middleton, walking the Queen's estate. Have you got permission to walk the Queen's estate, Dee Yes, I think so, Ian. I think so. Do 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 your top button up on your shirt. (laughs) A bit of respect.
23: (laughs) i am going to do another one down, actually. Uh, Robert's very trendy. 28 years old and a councillor. One of the youngest ones that I've certainly spoken to. So, as you mentioned, Ian, we're here. We're in Warburton. It's the Hodgley Lane, which is about 10 minutes away from from the the Milton Keynes City Centre I'm looking at this building right now it looks a complete and utter mess Uh, Robert, welcome to the programme when was the last time this building was used by the community here?
24: It was about four years ago now so it's been out of use for some time so, how did the Queen get her hands on this? Because it is quite complicated. In layman's terms, how has this ended up with the Crown Estate? Yeah, it is a it's a long, complicated one. But just in short, Milton Keynes Council uh, went and passed over the ownership to a residents association. Unfortunately, over the years, it just became too expensive to maintain and um, the resident association went bankrupt. Unfortunately, on its, upon its bankruptcy, it transferred through a really arcane, obscure legal rule over to the Crown Estate, and that's where it remains. OK, so it looks derelict. Um, you clearly want it back. It that's all boils idea. down to money, lots of cash. Um, yeah. What's the situation there? Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the Crown's representatives, uh, solicitors firm down at Bristol, say they want £5,000 plus legal fees, so probably more like £10,000, just to get our hands on it. And then after that, we're going to need at least 25000 to get refurbished and back into use. Robert, you're young, you're trendy. What is your message to the Queen this morning, if she is listening? What yeah. is your message to her right now? And I'm sure she is listening. Yeah. But it's a really positive message. The positive message is that she should gift it to the Hodgley community. As soon as she does, we'll get it painted up, we'll get it refurbished, and once it's uh, once it's repainted, you can come down here, have some tea, some. Uh, cake and we can reopen it. It's an offer that she can't refuse. I mean, if this was to, to be
23: reopened and this was donated back to the people here, it is right in the heart of the community, yes or no? Do you think the people would use this again?
24: Oh, certainly, yeah. It's, it's right in the centre. When it was open, it was heavily used by all the residents, both young and old, and I think I've already got some people expressing a lot of interest in running it. As soon as it op- it's open, we can get some really exciting things going on. OK, just lastly, very briefly, how long do you think this whole process could take if it goes your way? Well, I'm hoping that we can get it the ownership transferred over to us in the next couple of months and then once that's done... Um, subject to getting some money together uh, Probably about a year, I think Well, best of luck And uh, Ian, whilst Robert's here You've been talking about hair this morning Yes, haven't you? I have I'm furious uh, uh, Yes How long's his hair? How long is his hair? He's got very short hair good. However, Robert Ladies with hair down to their backside Is that a bit of a turn off for you? Oh, no, certainly not I wouldn't want to be uh, discriminatory About length of oh, one's hair He's good Come on, give us an honest answer Come on uh, No, I think it sounds lovely <laughs> He's good You see, Justin This is yeah. why that, yo- that young man there Is going to succeed And that's why
3: you and I will never succeed it's well, <laughs> very very true we're too honest for our own good we are too <laughs> honest for our own good Ju- absolutely justin excellent stuff as well. w- always where
23: are you off to now i'm going to be heading off into milton Keynes. obviously here at the moment in uh, hodgley lane looking at this center i'm off into uh, into the center of milton Keynes. we're going to be finding out more about these ladies in the paper this lady with long hair down to her backside now the children they're following
3: suit as well is that just disgusting we'll find out after seven justin thank you very much indeed 08459 four double five five double five. can we find a person in the three counties with the longest hair Who's got the longest hair? Is it you? Do you think you have? Oh wait, 455 five, four, double, 555 double, Let's get the travel news now with Sophie Tyler.
4: Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC
8: Three Counties Radio.
9: Heading south on the M11, queuing at the moment, and it's partially blocked following an accident between junction 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Southbound on the M1, also slow between Luton Airports at junction 10 and 9 at Redbourne. And anti clockwise on the M25, also heavy approaching at junction 21 for the M1. And the Barnet Bypass, also queuing at the moment, heading south in Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. And the A10 Great Cambridge Road, heading south through Enfield, also beginning to build up. Between Ballsmore Lane and Southbury Road everything else not looking too bad at all at the moment trains and tubes are moving nicely Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio
3: Sophie thank you very much indeed coming up in the next hour more on the story that more and more people are having their working hours affected because they're caring we'll discuss that after the news with Catherine Boyle getting
8: beds hearts and bugs talking
4: This is BBC Three Counties
0: Radio. Good morning. It's seven o'clock. The headlines millions of carers forced to sacrifice jobs, processed meat linked to premature death and Google sends out the streetcars. BBC Three Counties Radio. Over two million people have given up work to take care of a relative according to a new survey by Carers UK. The charity also suggests one in five adults who are managing to keep their jobs have seen their work negatively impacted as they try to juggle the two. Stopfold carer Vaughan Plant had no choice but to sacrifice his job as his mother's Parkinson's disease progressed.
7: Working that I had like money to pay for what I wanted for but unfortunately my mother's more important it's changed my life because I've had to put my life up hold. I've also got a father that's in a home that has had a, a stroke now and I have to also deal with him too and, and my mum as well so that can be very very draining and tiring
0: A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. Kate Mendoza from the World Cancer Research Fund says the chances of getting bowel cancer in particular is increased by eating even the small amounts of processed meat. Bowel cancer is one of the
6: most common uh, cancers in the UK, but it's also one that we can do a lot to prevent. So if we can encourage people to cut down on the amount of processed meat that they're eating, um, we can make a significant difference the number of people being diagnosed with bowel cancer. And for example, we we know that about 10% of
0: bowel cancer cases could be prevented in the UK if we consumed less processed meat. The RBS banking group's been hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months. Customers of Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest and Ulster Bank were unable to withdraw cash for several hours last night. Some are still reporting problems. An eating disorder clinic in Aylesbury, previously featured on the Ian Lee Show, has had another negative report from health watchdogs. Last month, we told you how one patient was fighting to continue her care at the International Eating Disorder Centre. Her local authority had withdrawn funding in the wake of a Care Quality Commission report criticising drug management, and staff training at the facility. The CQC has now expressed even more serious concerns and is planning to take
7: stroke now and I have to also deal with him too and my mum as well. So that can be very, very draining and tiring.
0: A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. Kate Mendoza from the World Cancer Research Fund says the chances of getting bowel cancer in particular is increased by eating even the small amounts of processed meat. Bowel cancer is one of the most common uh, cancers
6: in the UK, but it's also one that we can do a lot to prevent. So if we can encourage people to cut down on the amount of processed meat that they're eating, um, we can make a significant difference the number of people being diagnosed with bowel cancer and for example we we know that about 10% of bowel cancer cases could be prevented
0: in the UK if we consumed less processed meat. The RBS banking group's been hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months. Customers of Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest and Ulster Bank were unable to withdraw cash for several hours last night. Some are still reporting problems. An eating disorder clinic in Aylesbury, previously featured on the Ian Lee Show, has had another negative report from health watchdogs. Last month we told you how one patient was fighting to continue her care at the International Eating Disorder Centre. Her local authority had withdrawn funding in the wake of a Care Quality Commission uh, report criticising drug management and staff training at the facility. The CQC has now expressed even more serious concerns and is planning to take further action. Google has announced plans to expand its Street View facility despite claims it's an invasion of privacy. When the firm sent its image capturing car to Milton Keynes in 2009, a group of neighbours in Broughton refused to let it photograph their street as they considered it an invitation to burglars. And according to security expert Michael Fraser, they might have been right.
16: He wants confidence when he's going to burgle a place. What he'll do is look at it, look at an escape route. If it's a tidy property, if it's nice, got no alarm on, he'll go for it. He'll just target it.
0: In sport, New Zealand's cricketers dominated England on day two of the first test in Dunedin, bowling out the tourists for 167 runs. The weather, cloudy with occasional rain or drizzle today. Top temperature, 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news.
3: So no one seems to know where the phrase it's all gone pear shape" comes from. You're an intelligent lady. You'll know, won't you, Catherine?
0: Well, I don't know. Is it? Is it to do with... Oh no, I'm not gonna say
3: it. Is, was it gonna be rude?
0: No, glass blowing. <laughs> 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 but so you yeah. kinda want it pear shaped, don't you?
3: <laughs> oh dear. No, it's not from glass blowing. If anyone knows, give us a call.
15: Uh, I thought you'd all
3: know this. It's all gone pear shaped. Where does that come from? 08459 455 Someone just call in. And put people out of their misery, if they are indeed in misery because of that. If that's the only thing causing them misery, they're lucky. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, packed show this morning. Lots of things, including more than two million people have given up work to care for disabled, sick or elderly relatives and loved ones. We'll hear from a 38-year-old man from Stopfold about why he had to stop working. Google Street View, four years since it was launched. People in Broughton chased one of the cars uh, down the street because they said it was an invasion of their privacy. We'll t- catch up with them to find out how they feel about it now. And have you seen the pictures in the papers today of the mum from America who has hair which is six foot long? It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Long hair's horrible. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR if you want to see her hair. You can text 81333 starting your text 3CR or you can give us a call 08459 four double five five double five.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Over two million adults have given up work to care for an elderly parent, disabled or seriously ill loved one, according to a new survey. A poll by Carers UK shows over one in five adults have seen their work negatively impacted as a result of caring, including having to quit their job or reduce their working hours. The impact was highest amongst 45 to 54-year-olds. Well, Steve McIntosh from Carers UK joins me now. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Well, what has this poll found? Can you give us particular examples of how people are affected?
25: Yeah, that's right. For example, if you're caring for an older parent, and you're in in this crunch age bracket between 45 and 54, it could be that you start off helping them to go to doctor surgeries, take a bit of time off, going to the hospital, doing their finances. But very often caring can creep up on you, you provide more and more support, that puts pressure on your work through stress and tiredness. And eventually we're seeing more and more people being forced to reduce working hours or give up their jobs to help to care for loved ones, because they can't either get the flexibility at work or the service to help them to juggle work and care
3: and what impact does being a carer have on the family as a whole financially and emotionally
25: it can have a huge financial impact if you've given up your job to care for a loved one you see that big drop in income it often comes at the same time as lots of extra costs from caring but at the same time many families are contending with the emotional pressures of caring for an older parent maybe with dementia or Parkinson's disease the emotional grief that comes around that alongside the physical and mental stresses of caring. So alongside your finances, your mental and physical health, many people are also worrying about the long-term financial impact if they can't go back to work or they can't save towards a pension.
3: And if you're a carer, it can be quite isolating as the, the, the condition progresses from the parent or whoever it is you're looking after. Uh, you, you can You can become quite isolated, can't you?
25: That's right. If you're caring eventually round the clock for an older parent or a disabled loved one, very often you lose touch with colleagues and friends, other family members. Very often we see that because people aren't necessarily comfortable with illness or disability, people stop popping in to see you, you aren't able to go out and see them. So it can become a real spiral of losing all those important contacts with you. So even when caring comes to an end, it can take carers a really long time to try to rebuild their lives from all those financial and health consequences. But also just getting in back in touch with the world, friends and family.
3: For, for those carers that uh, have stopped working or have cut down their working hours, is, is there anything the government can do to help?
25: Well, our first message is it's really important people get advice and information. It might be with a bit of support, talking to your employers, you can get flexibility which helps you to juggle work and care. But if you do give up work, make sure you get advice from Carers UK or other organisations on the financial and practical support available. But our message is that there's much more that we can do as a society. Employers are increasingly providing flexible working and other support at work. But we need to see also more services from government. Too often people are forced to give up work to care because they can't get affordable or reliable or good quality social care, which enables them to combine their working lives and their family lives. Steve, thank you
3: very much. Steve McIntosh there from Carers UK. Well, 38-year-old Vaughan Plant from Stockfold in Bedfordshire had to give up his full-time job to look after his mum, who's got Parkinson's. Morning, Vaughan. Morning. Vaughan, what did you do for a living, and why exactly did you have to give it up?
7: I um am... Used to work in a a, a shop as a a manager and I had to uh, give that up because my mother's got Parkinson's disease and um, she now needs, like, uh, 24-hour care now and um, at home, so...
3: Was it a difficult decision to to give up work?
7: It wasn't. Well, yes and no, because... um, you're like a pair of rents come first don't they yeah so but i do think um the amount of money you get f- for doing it fifty eight forty five a week it is an insult <laughs> really
3: and what does that money go on
7: me like living
3: that's 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 everything that's it is it that's all the money you've got
7: well i do get a like a top up right but that's not a lot, but I still have, like, bills to pay. I still have, like, um, food to contribute to. And so I do think if, if I was out there caring in a nursing home or home care, I'd get a lot more.
3: How does being a carer for mum affect your life, Vaughan?
7: My life's on hold. I've also got a father in a nursing home that, that that's had a, a massive stroke as well. And um, I had no support there. And um, so basically I've got two ill parents and that, and um, there's no support out there. And then all of a sudden I get a... Um, a call from a social worker saying, Haven't you ever heard of carers in like a Bedfordshire? I said, No And it if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got that fifty eight forty five. Right. But no one knows about these things. No one tells you. I I was actually told I was able to claim for my my mother and I used my savings for one year
3: and they kind of disappeared, I guess. When you say your life's on hold, what do you you mean by that?
7: Well, if I... If I, um... I can't go out. I can't do... Do what what I want to do. Um... Everything's down to, like, if I do go out, I have to try and organise care for my mum. So... But but we do have carers come in. And... uh,
3: they come and help out a little bit, do they?
7: Yeah,
3: yeah. And how's Mum today, Vaughan? Is she, how's she doing? Is she
7: all right? She's not too
3: too bad. Yeah, excellent. All right, Vaughan. Listen, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Vaughan. It's Vaughan Plant. Thirty-eight years old. His life's on hold while well, he looks after his mum, who's got Parkinson's. Fair play to him for doing it. Not everyone could. I know when my mum was ill, I, I couldn't put my life on hold. I did as much as I could. But uh, not everyone's in that position. Vaughan, thank you very much indeed.
4: Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now, funny enough, we're talking about this pear-shaped thing because about an hour ago, we played a, a, a package, a little uh, interview with Vaughan, and he mentioned the phrase, it's all gone pear-shaped. And I asked an hour ago, who knows where that comes from? Simon from Luton, you're the first person to call in. Simon, do you know where it, that phrase comes from?
26: Yeah, hi, Ian. Morning. Um- <coughs> Apparently, I I listened to a programme a couple of years ago where people from the Oxford Dictionary were researching common sayings. Oh, yeah. And the first reference to it they can find is in the Navy. It's a naval term which describes often a young officer who isn't able to shoulder the responsibility of command, e.g. they're pear-shaped. And when when they're in charge, everything goes pear-shaped.
3: Now, isn't that interesting? Because that's completely different to the reason that I've heard...
26: I'm just—it's uh, just—it's just something. I, I sort of thought it was a bit strange myself,
3: but the, re- but, so, thought, but, so, so, but. the that kind of sounds good. The reason I heard was was another <laughs> military uh, thing, that it was it was from uh, if uh, from the RAF. If you parachute[d] out of an aeroplane, you want the parachute to open kind of like a big mushroom, but if it goes pear shaped. Ah, that makes sense. Then basically, you're a goner because it means bit of the parachute hasn't opened properly, so it looks yeah. like a pair, and
26: splats. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the fire service, and a lot of our a lot of our sayings come from the navy. Right. The first firemen were sailors.
22: Were
27: they?
26: As, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the first fi- professional firefighters were sailors, were drawn from the navy. And if you go on a lot of fire stations, that have got more than one floor. Say, for instance, if you go upstairs to eat, it'll be referred to as the mess deck.
3: Isn't that interesting? I never knew that.
26: And and various things like, when I first joined, um, when you went to lift something, you would say, to make sure everyone was ready to do a lift, you would say, two, six... And I didn't have a clue where it was from until yeah. an old sweat kind of told me it's a naval term.
3: An old sweat?
26: Yeah, an old sweat. You know, an old fireman. An old <laughs> s- oh, man, the next, <laughs> the next time. We, the next time.
3: The next time we get someone on from the fire service, I'm going to call them an old sweat. Simon, just one more, one more uh, question about the fire service. Serious question. How much fun is that fireman's pole?
26: I oh, oh. hardly ever use it anymore. Oh, you're joking, really? No, well, especially <laughs> at my age, with my knees, it's quick to go down the stairs. Are you an old sweat, Simon? I'm a bit
3: there we go, Simon from Luton. I would I would be using the fire the, the pole all the time. Well so there we go. We've got two different reasons for it being pear shaped. I mean someone in the Navy who, who can't shoulder responsibility or it's a parachute not opening properly. I'm confused now, I don't know what's what. You old sweat. Uh long hair we're discussing. We want to find the person with the longest hair in beds, hearts and bucks. Is it you? Can you, If you've got long hair, call up and, and, and tell us why. Tell me why. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. There's a picture of a lady who's in all the newspapers today, or most of them. All of the good ones. Uh, whose, whose hair is, it stops just, below, just above her ankles. Carol has uh, emailed him. I've had a look at the long hair. I've only one word. Yuck. Tatty, scraggly ends that need a straight cut and so dry. I know some women have long hair for cultural reasons, but it appears they do not. The, these people in this photo do not. It looks horrible. I believe even those women with long hair for cultural reasons at least give it a small trim every so often so it's looking healthy at the ends. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Can we find the person in beds, hearts and bucks that's got the longest hair? 08459 455 555. Right, 7.15. Here's the Travel News Now with Sophie.
4: Beds, hearts and bucks
8: travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: The M11 in both directions is currently blocked with stationary traffic following a serious accident, a motorbike involved around Junction 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Now anti-clockwise on the M25, one lane also closed in queuing traffic following an accident between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Congestion is back to the M11 at 27, so adding to the usual morning delays there. Also very slow around Junction 21 at the M1 and the A405 as well, that's North Orbital Road. Very slow this morning, approaching the round of at junction 21a of the m25 everything else not looking too bad at all trains and tubes still moving nicely sophie tyler bbc three counties radio
3: thank you sophie Right, it's close to 7 16 it's thursday the 7th of march these are your headlines this morning on bbc three counties radio more than two million people have given up work to take care of a relative according to a new survey by carers uk A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. In sport, Olympic silver medalist Nick Dempsey has become the first man to win two windsurfing world championship titles after winning gold in Brazil. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cloudy with occasional rain or drizzle. Six degrees is the top temperature and coming up it's four years since Google Street View was launched. People in Broughton chased one of the cars down the street because they said it was an invasion of their privacy. I'd love to have seen that. Get off my land! They Wouldn't have talked like that, obviously. Before 7.30, we'll catch up with them to find out how they feel about it now. 08459 555.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, your consumer problems on BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry about that loan now. The whole amount has just been
19: taken off. You don't owe a penny.
4: Gosh, I can't believe this. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. This has been six years of hell. Fighting for your rights. You've done more in two weeks than I've done in six years. I can't thank you enough.
19: You've fought it and you've won it. Well,
28: you won it for me. Thank you so
4: much, Jonathan. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. Call the team now. 08459... Four double five, five double five, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now if you like me, you'll use Google Street View to look at your house. That's the first thing you do, isn't it? When you go on Street View, is you look at your house. I know what my house looks like. I go there nearly every day. But I use Google Street View for that. Or maybe you're having a little look at houses that you want to buy, or just being nosy. Well, it's nearly four years since it arrived in the UK, and now it's getting a major revamp. The Street View cars have been roaming Britain, refreshing the coverage in the big cities, and bringing new images to remote places. When it launched, some were fascinated. Others were appalled at what they saw was an invasion of their privacy. Well, in 2009, people in Broughton and Milton Keynes chased a Street View car away and accused Google of trying to peer through their windows. Our reporter, Tony Fisher, went back to London Road in the village to see what people think of it now.
14: There was a few of the villagers and they didn't want the houses put on Street View. We didn't know that it was coming obvious that they were coming down here and it got blocked for a little while, but we're on there now.
11: Got blocked on the internet? As
14: far as I know, yes. Yeah, because yeah. um, when you
11: look at it now, you're all on there.
14: Yes, yeah, we are. Yeah, and I've actually used it at work to show the village as it is now, comparison to the old village before all the houses were built. So it's
11: so you quite like it.
14: It's had its benefits. Um, my daughter's friend managed to find us because she wasn't sure where we are. The only thing that we were worried about is how far you zoom in and you know some people may be able to see in the windows or not but you can't you can't see anything my name is denise
11: and so street view is it an invasion or is it actually a useful tool
15: i think it's an invasion if the camera is recording into your garden um which obviously could be into house windows as well and you know whatever you're doing or whatever's going on in your garden is private i
11: think and were you part of the little protest that happened here a few years ago in Broughton? um
15: i i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't in at the time um, but I certainly supported the couple of residents, residents that actually asked the camera to stop recording because the cameras were recording over hedges into people's gardens.
11: But I, I don't think it's necessarily come out to be a burglars charter, as many people were, were were worrying about.
15: No, probably not. Possibly not. But I think if you had young kids playing in the garden in a paddling pool in the summer and a Street View car went down recording over a hedge or over a garden fence, I don't think that's appropriate. But, yeah, no, no I don't think it has.
11: There's a gentleman down there who I've spoken to who says he's on Street View giving two fingers up to the Street View camera. And he's not been blanked out. And I don't think he has. No, no.
15: I think they said that, but I think there's people who've been caught out by it. I just think if you're being recorded, you'd like to know about it, and obviously he didn't know about it.
3: That's our reporter, Tony Fisher, there. We can speak now to uh, to Nick Pickles, who's the director of the privacy campaign group Big Brother Watch. Morning, Nick. Good morning. Nick, what are your feelings about these these internet sites that get up close and personal?
29: Well, I think uh, the person you just interviewed then actually had it right, is that, you know, if... uh, if Street View is walking down the street and sees what anyone else can see, then there's not too much of an issue. But the problem is that these, uh, these new Street View cars actually see literally over your garden wall in a lot of centres. because one of the, uh, the things that Google are now doing is trying to get 3D maps working. So they need to take pictures from a greater height to do that. One of the dangers is that the cameras are higher, so the cameras can see over the garden wall into your, uh, your private garden. And that clearly is a privacy issue.
3: Well, how high are these cameras going to be?
29: Well, they're, they're, you know, if you imagine a normal car, and yeah. then you go up a couple of feet from that, so you're talking that, you know, it's like someone been on the, uh, not quite the upper deck of a double-decker bus, but it's that kind of height you're talking about. And um, when you add that to the images that you can now get from the, the satellite photographs looking down, there is a lot of information out there, and something that we've had, you know, a regular experience with is that it's still not particularly easy to get hold of Google and say you, there's something in your house that you want blurring or you're individually in the pictures and you want blurring better. Um, there's still so People still find that quite tricky and that's that's really concerning because if you are in this, you should be able to easily say, I want my face blurred or I want my property blurred and Google don't seem to be responding to that concern quick enough.
3: But is it something, I, I didn't know you could ask them to do that anyway. Can, do they ultimately blur you up if uh, if you ask them to?
29: Well, one of, the, uh, one of the legal arguments that they had is that if they, if they show an image of an individual who, that's identifiable, and that's actually information about that person. Right. So uh, if they haven't got permission, then they should blur it. And uh, when they first put Street View live, they'd run it through an automatic blurring program. But it had missed quite a lot of people out or had missed quite a lot of distinctive features out. So they've, they've had to go back and redo that. So I hope that when they do do this refresh, we don't see the same problems of, of lots of people having their faces not properly blurred. And you end up with, you know, people looking for, for people coming out of hotels or businesses or houses, trying to figure out who's doing what. And as you say, people look down their own streets and see if they can see into people's windows. Mm.
3: Would you want to see things like Google Street View banned altogether?
29: No, I think the, uh, the problem we've got is that the law is very much still a grey area in this of, you know, the idea of being able to see what you can see when you walk down the street seems fair enough to me, and it's, it's obviously had some benefits and it's useful for mapping and things, but um, ultimately Google haven't got a great track record when it comes to respecting people's privacy, so the law does need strengthening to say that in the case of an individual being identified, then actually the, 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 the sanctions need to be there to make sure Google put the work in up front to minimise those risks to privacy and what we tend to see is that Google rush ahead on the basis that the punishment that they'll get handed out is quite small.
3: We spoke to um, a security expert about an hour ago on the show uh, who, who kind of raised a point that I'd never really thought of. He said that actually it can pose a threat to, you know, it can encourage burglars because burglars can have a little look at the, the, the front of a house, the back of a house, see if they can get in and out, see if there's a, a burglar alarm. Then they combine that with estate agents' pictures. They you know which houses to go for. They're sorted,
29: yeah, and I think that's definitely one of the things that, that the internet has, has brought a whole range of challenges to is uh, there was also a website in the US which was highlighting people who were using social media with things like Foursquare and were basically saying when they were out of their houses.
3: Now, what's, what's Foursquare? I don't know Foursquare.
29: So, Foursquare is the, the one where you can go to, uh, to a restaurant and check in. So, you publish to all your friends, I've just arrived at a restaurant or a hotel or a football stadium and it shares on your social networks that you've just checked in at this, this venue. And what uh, some American researchers realized was that you could combine all the data that people willingly share about their behavior and work out where they lived and when they're not home. So the security issues are absolutely there. And if you add that to Street View, and a stage agent's pictures, and maybe if you can hunt down through uh, you know a website which a landline phone number so you can give them a ring before you go, the Internet has made things that people thought would be hard to get a lot easier to get, and that's something where you know, we've seen as a broader privacy concern, there's so much more information about, about us and about our lives online now that, uh, you know, especially for kids growing up now, they need literally privacy education.
3: The, the Internet's still in its early days. We're going to see more and more of these, these kind of sites, aren't we?
29: Absolutely. And and Apple, for example, are developing their own mapping software that they want to be even better than Google's. So what they're doing is taking even more high-resolution pictures from even more angles of your property so that you can get to a a 360-degree view of your street, which, as a mapping product, sounds fantastic. But if you take that with the the idea of, yeah, you were sunbathing in your front garden behind a wall and you thought, well, that's private... Oh, now, no, sorry, no, Google's cameras or Apple's cameras have now just put that image on the internet. And this is becoming a, a big issue for uh, people who've got, you know, conservatories. They thought they were private. It's now seeable from above. How we actually resolve this is going to be a big challenge of the coming decade because it seems that the, uh, the public like these mapping software. And as long as the public keeps using the tools, the companies will want to make them better. Nick, have you Googled your house? Uh, I haven't, actually. Have you not? Um, I, I haven't. Oh, I, uh, you must. It's great fun. I, I, I do occasionally put it into a search engine to find the postcode when I forget it. But um, I haven't actually street viewed my house yet. I'll go and do it,
3: Nick. You'll enjoy it.
29: Well, there's, there's scaffolding up at present, so it's probably a better view. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Remember, what it, have a look at what it could look like. Nick, thank you very much indeed. Nick Pickles there um, from the, he's the director of the privacy campaign group Big Brother Watch. We asked Google to come on, but its UK spokesperson for Street View is away travelling. Uh, Mark from Bedford. Morning, Mark. Morning. Are you a fan of the Google Street View?
30: Well, I am to a certain extent, but it does have its downsides as well. And, and just talking about that guy Googling his own house, the, the, our um, situation was when Google came around and did um, our street, our house was looking a bit tight, to be honest. Some of the paintwork was peeling. Yeah. And the garden stuff wasn't looking great. Um, and we li- we live on an end terrace, so they actually got a 360-degree view of our house. Right. We... A couple of years after that, decided to put it on the market. Spent a lot of money repainting the house, putting fences up, putting um, you know, trellis around the back garden. So it looks fantastic uh, now. Well, it, it does now, but on Street View, it's still got the tatty view of our house oh. with all the peeling paintwork and and everything. And that's one and of the first it, things you do have is
3: have when you when you're buying. A house, I've just bought a house. When you're buying a house, one of the first things you do is you have exactly. a look at it on Google Street View.
30: Yeah, you look at the um, estate agent pictures and you think, oh, that looks nice. They, they took a nice picture of the front and then you go on street view and you think, ah, <sighs> oh, that's what they're hiding because the back of it looks estate. When they, in actual fact, they didn't. And, and the point is, you have no recourse. If they hold that information about your house, you have no right for them to ask them to change it. So you're stuck with it. So have you, have you found it hard to sell your house then? Well, we, we, had, we had a h- handful of viewers now. That, I mean, that, obviously that may have been something to do with the recession, but it also may have been people going on Street View thinking, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time coming looking at this house. I can see it's not something that I want to go and have a look at. Have
3: you got, had any offers and in
30: yet, Mark? Guy, you know, the, guy, the guy that you just spoke to, if they took the um, Street View image when he'd had all the scaffolding up, yeah. um, that's the one that would have stayed on there for four years. Have you had any offers yet, Mark? Uh, we've actually took it off the market now because, you know,
3: we've had so few people come in to view it. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. It's a a frustrating um, and tiring time selling your house. I've just been through it and it it took us ages. We got there. Sorry to hear that, Mark. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. I I, thought this was all a bit of fun. Oh, look, we can see... Oh, look! I can see producer Laura's house. Oh, look, Catherine Boyle's front door is open. It is. Oh, look, if you look through her window, you can see her father-in-law. You can. But it turns out it does have quite a serious side. It, it helps burglars, and, and poor people like Mark struggled to, to sell his house and took his house off the market in the end because people were looking looking at it on Street View four years ago and going, oh, blimey, look at the state. Oh, look at this back garden." No, we won't bother going to, go, going to see that. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. Double five, five, double five. Travel News Now, Sophie Tyler.
4: Hearts and Bucks Travel.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Heading north on the M11, it's still looking like it's blocked with stationary traffic following a serious accident between 6 at the M25 and 7 at Harlow. Southbound also looking much the same as well between 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Now, anti-clockwise on the M25, one lane closed with queuing traffic following an accident between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Also very slow again, Wade expecting 21 at the M1 and 18 at Chorleywood. The North Orbital Road also still queuing, approaching the M25, Junction 21, a roundabout. Also still looking fairly busy as well on the Barnet Bypass. Queuing heading south between Sterling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else not looking too bad at all. Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio.
27: Getting
8: beds, hearts and bugs talking.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning, it's 7.30 with the headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. More than 2 million people have given up work to take care of a relative, according to a new survey by Carers UK. A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about 1 in 30 premature deaths. And the RBS Grant Banking Group, which includes the Royal Bank of Scotland and NatWest, has been hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months.
4: Beds, hearts and bucks, Sports.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first test in Dunedin. At Stumps, New Zealand are 131 without loss, trailing England's first in- innings total by 36 runs. Jonathan Trott top-scored for England with 45 runs and feels desperate and feels good, despite the fact England are yet to take a wicket. He says the side's bowlers played well today.
17: We bowled all right. I think we were just unlucky. We obviously had a few chances. Um, you know, there was a case of a few balls winning the gaps for them and a few balls went to hand for us. But, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves and there's there's no place in cricket for feeling sorry for yourself. So we've got to come back tomorrow and, as I said, compete every ball and win. hopefully win the first session well.
0: Celtic are out of the Champions League after losing 5-0 on aggregate against Juventus. Celtic were beaten 2-0 in last night's second leg in Turin and their manager Neil Lennon felt his side were punished for their poor finishing. Tonight, Tottenham face Inter Milan in their Europa League last 16 first leg tie at the San Ciro. Kickoff is at 5 past 8. Tonight's, uh, today's newspaper back pages are dominated by speculation that Manchester United striker Wayne Rooney could leave the club this summer. Rooney was left out of United's starting lineup for their midweek defeat against Real Madrid, but the former United assistant manager Steve McLaren doesn't believe that means his time at the club's coming to an end.
29: There are different tactics for different games and different circumstances, and that's what Sir Alex does well. And Welbeck, as he showed in the second half in the Bernabeu, caused problems for Real Madrid. He did it again, and he did exactly the same. So it's horses for courses. They play Chelsea on Sunday, and they'll know how to beat Chelsea, what team to play, and Rooney most probably will be in that.
0: And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. This
4: is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Coming up in the next 30 minutes, ladies with long hair. Uh, Unattractive. Am I being a bit harsh there? I mean, you know, once it starts, halfway down the back, I think, is too long. Well, Justin Dealey is in Milton Keynes finding out what you think. We're talking about this because there's a story in in all of the good papers. Uh, This woman whose hair, it's about six foot long. It stops just before her ankles, and her daughters have got the same thing. Have a look at the Facebook page, if you've not got the papers. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We have um, put the picture up there, and have a little look, and give us a call. 08459 455 555. We'll t- After the news eight, we'll speak to Catherine Boyle, because I'm, I, I think her hair is... I think it's approaching the... Excuse the pun. The cut-off point. think it's approaching it. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double five five double five. Eating too much processed meat in burgers, pies, and ready meals could mean that you're 44% more likely to die prematurely. That's according to new research out this morning. Well, our reporter, James Alexander, has been looking into it. James, isn't it just common sense you shouldn't eat
12: too many sausages and, and pies? What, what's this new study about? Well, yeah, we have heard these kind of warnings before, haven't we? And it's easy to get blasé about them. What's new about this latest study, Ian, is the scale of the research. They've looked at the diets of half a million people across Europe, and they found as many as 1 in 30 early deaths, that's 1 in 30, are caused by eating too much processed meat. This is meat that's made by combining all the leftover animal parts that can't be sold as good cuts like steaks and joints these get chemically processed to make things like hot dogs and pies and ready meals and a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff to be honest is is what many of us eat every day and scientists say these are the real problem causing heart disease and cancer <sighs> it's this study i struggle with slightly because people who eat lots of burgers and
3: lots of sausages they're probably not eating that much fruit and veg and probably aren't exercising much i'm generalizing slightly here. you may have noticed isn't it an unhealthy lifestyle that's the problem not the
12: occasional hot dog or big bender in a bun well it's interesting there's something in that that generalized stereotype there because this study found people who eat the most processed meats are generally less healthy all round they eat less fruit and veg exercise less more likely to smoke but even taking all these extra lifestyle factors into account the researchers still reckon it's the sausages and the salami that's pushing thousands of us to an early grave the old bacon though, that's not going to kill you is it how much is too much uh, not much is the answer oh. the government recommends you should limit yourself to 70 grams of processed meat a day this this is about one or two pieces of bacon a day um, and this is your lot for processed meat and some hardline experts reckon we should avoid the stuff altogether like kate mendoza from the world cancer research fund
6: essentially eating any amount of processed meat does increase your risk of bowel cancer and because there's no particular nutritional need for us to eat processed meat our advice is really to, to cut it out whenever possible and not include it as part of your diet
12: so if you're about to tuck into that big fry up maybe consider cereal and fruit is the advice if you want to live longer well listen James I'm uh, the,
3: the this whole horse meat scandal and now this I am one very very smug vegetarian should,
12: should everyone be going vegetarian is that what they're saying well you don't need to be too smoked this morning because what they're talking about really is the quality of the meat so researchers found eating white meat like chicken and turkey is fine and small amounts of unprocessed red meat like roast beef or a nice steak this can even be good for you and have nutrients in them that might be missing um for someone a vegetarian like you so um there is some good news for meat eaters everything in moderation is the message when was the last time you had a Bit of bacon, James? Oh, a bit of bacon would be about a week ago, although sausages was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) James, thank you very much indeed.
4: Across beds, hearts, and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Could you survive without your bacon? As a vegetarian, there are two things that I miss. I'm a vegetarian for 25 years Uh, bacon and roast lamb. Roast lamb and a bit of mint sauce. They were my two favourites. When you hear a report like that, oh, if you eat processed meat, and we all know what processed meat is. It's lips and backsides. It is. That's what it is. As James said there, it's it's the bits of meat they can't sell as prime cups, cuts. Lips and backsides. But does that stop you? Bit of bacon. Nice hot dog. Could, could you survive without that? Do, when you hear advice like that, oh, cut two, two rashes of bacon a day, maximum processed meat. Do you think... Oh, I better, I better reconsider my eating habits. What do you think? I'll jog on. Get out of it. You're not, you're not ruining my fry up. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This pear shaped thing has got you going. We heard the phrase, "Oh, it's all gone pear shaped" earlier on in the show, and I, I tried to show off by saying, "Ah, do you know where it's from?" I thought it was an RAF thing from the Second World War, uh, and if if someone jumped out of an aeroplane and their parachute didn't open properly, it would go pear shaped. And it would mean, well, you know, you're on a hiding to nothing. Um, we had someone calling in saying, oh, no, 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 it's a naval thing. Well, Sue has emailed in. Uh, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. I haven't ever found a reference to the Navy and pear shaped. A pear-shaped. The origin is always referred to as probably the RAF. Oh, thank you. But could go back as far as Victorian England and ballooning when the balloon is deflated or blowing glass bubbles that go wrong into a balloon shape. But the general consensus is that it first came into being in the nineteen in the eighties from the RAF. Hey, here's something. When I was growing up, you'd always see on uh, on television, uh, not always, but quite often you'd see glass blowers, wouldn't you? You'd always see a glass blower. On. When was the last time you saw a glass blower? I love a bit of glass blowing. Bizarrely, I was thinking about that just the other day. Yes, that's how sad my life is. I was thinking about glassblowing. Should we have a look at the front pages? Yes, let's. The Daily Telegraph. Apprentice star quit when fame faded. Now, this is Stella English, who's quit her £100,000 a year job with Lord Sugar when her fame as the winner of The Apprentice began to fade, the tycoon told a tribunal yesterday. When did she win? I can't remember which series of The Apprentice she won. It wasn't the one that's just happened. It wasn't the one before, because that was the nerdy guy with the glasses who invented... Um, nail files. Do you remember that? He invented nail files. Yeah, it was a bendy nail file. Well done. Well, 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 well. excellent. You got 250 grand for that. Nice one. So when was she in? Uh, countryside at war over planning law reform. The countryside is facing warfare. Really? As rural communities fight a succession of housing and wind farm developments that take advantage of changes to the planning system. The chairman of the National Trust has warned... I do. A friend of mine, um, Adam Hess, who's brilliant, he's on Twitter. He's, you should follow him on Twitter. He's the only person that understands Twitter. Said all those people that complain uh, about um, wind turbines in the countryside, they should put the wind turbines next to power electricity pylons. Let's be honest, electricity pylons are much more unattractive than wind turbines, aren't they? ah dear me let's have a look at the uh, the guardian the uh, revealed pentagon's l- pentagon 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 how do you say it? pentagon that's it isn't it the pentagon's link to iraqi torture centers petraeus and dirty wars veteran behind units implicated in abuse authors urge party leaders to rescue libel reform ah yes Uh, Some of Britain's most acclaimed authors and playwrights, including Sir Tom Stoppard, William Boyd, Margaret Drabble, Ian McEwan and Salman Rushdie, have called on the main party leaders to honour their pledge and implement a defamation bill aimed at transforming 170-year-old laws. They say have silenced scientists and authors, as well as journalists and activists. Uh, The Independent, Chavez, The Legacy. Um, Dr Mindy, we'll see you now. Is Britain ready for the new Tina Fey? I don't know what that refers to. Uh, The graduates pay gap that shames Britain. Young women still earn substantially less than similarly qualified men in similar jobs. Um, Red alert. Scientists demand massacre of 750,000 wild deer. What? Britain's wild deer population is out of control and urgently requires a drastic cull to prevent catastrophic damage to the nation's woodlands and wildlife, according to a new study. Its authors argue that more than half of the UK's deer need to be culled annually. Really? Sounds like quite a lot. Uh, The Times, uh, Hugo Chavez, uh, his uh, funeral procession, Tory dinner table plot to unseat the coalition—a plot to push for an EU referendum before the next election—has been discussed by Tory MPs in a move designed to destabilise the coalition. It's all quite boring stories today, isn't it? Although well, here's, here's one: Thomas Cook jobs go. The travel group Thomas Cook is to cut two and a half thousand jobs and close 195 travel agencies in the UK. I don't, no disrespect to anyone who works at Thomas Cook—is that all? Is that all they're closing? When was the last time you booked a holiday in a travel agent's? When was the last time you walked to the high street, went in a travel agent's, looked at some brochures, sat down at a desk and booked a holiday? No one books a holiday in a travel agent's. You do it online. It's cheaper, quicker, more efficient. Sure. When was the last time you booked a holiday with a travel agent's? Surely... Shirley, hello. When, when, hello Shirley, when did you last book a holiday with the travel agents? Oh God, I can't remember, I do it all online. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is why I'm surprised that Thomas Cook are only closing 200 stores and they're only doing it now, I'd have thought they'd closed them all.
31: Yeah, definitely, me too, because um, you're only paying them commission, aren't you? <laughs> well,
3: exactly, if you do it online, you, you cut out the middleman, and no disrespect to anybody that's lost their job, I, 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 it's horrible, of course it is, but <laughs> excuse me, in the modern world, no one books a holiday in a travel agent's. No. Anyway, Shirley, you've not called in about that. You've called in about the pear-shaped.
31: Yeah, you. This is honestly, this is just unbelievable. Last, yesterday afternoon, when I was leaving work, my the head teacher I work in a nursery school said to me, "I've got a book that you'd like to read. It's called Red Rings and White Elephants." And I was actually just holding it in my hand when that person came on talking about pear-shaped, and it's in there, Ooh. the definition.
3: <laughs> so go, 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 go on, so give, give it to me. We've, we've had one, but it's to do with um, glass blowing, it's to do with um, parachutes, and it's to do with the Navy. What, what, what does it say in this book?
31: Right, this is what it says in the book. It yeah. says, when something has gone pear-shaped, it has gone wrong, or at least not quite according to plan. The 1940 film My Little Chickadee, starring WC Fields and Mae West, contained the line, I have some very definite pear-shaped ideas. And the phrase certainly originates around that time. However, it's widely thought that the early RAF pilots are responsible for popularising it. Um, While they were practising loops, a trainee pilot would often fail to Mm. make a perfect circle and would flatten the plane's flight during the bottom section and these mistakes were
3: oh. referred to as going parachute. there's me pu- punching the air because i thought my parachute story was right but it's not it's to do- why would they be practicing loop the loops that's just showing off isn't it Um <laughs> yeah <On the air. laughs> shirley before i let you go i've got to ask how long is your hair it's short <laughs> okay th- th- these these women with hair down to their bums it's not right is it
31: no, because I'm not taking me forever to do anything with it.
3: Exactly. Imagine washing and drying that. Shirley and Milton Keynes, you've ticked three boxes there, and for that I'm grateful. 08459-455-555 if you want to take part. When did you last book a holiday in
8: a travel agents? No one does. Here's the travel with Sophie. Beds, hearts, and bugs travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Still looking busy at the moment on the M11 where in both directions it is blocked with stationary traffic following a serious accident involving a motorbike between 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Now anti-clockwise on the M25, one lane still closed with queuing traffic following an accident between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Congestion back past junction at 27 for the M11 at the moment. Everything else not looking too bad. Few usual delays to keep you updated with at the moment though. The A405 at North Orbital Road still queuing approaching the roundabout at the M25 Junction 21A. Southbound on the Barnet Bypass, still queuing as well between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass and the A1 through Roxton on the Great North Road, also still slow approaching the Black Cat Roundabout. Trains moving nicely at the moment. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you very much, Sophie. It's nearly 7.46. It's Thursday the 7th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million people have given up work to take care of a relative, according to a new survey by Carers UK. A study involving nearly half a million people across Europe has linked processed meat to about one in 30 premature deaths. In sport, England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first test in Dunedin. Coming up before eight o'clock, ladies with really long hair... (sighs) and gentlemen as well. It's not attractive, is it? We're talking about this because there, there are some pictures of a lady in uh, a lot of the newspapers. If you've not seen it, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Well, Dealey is out in Milton Keynes finding out what you think. I'm sure he'll suggest that all ladies and gentlemen with long hair should get what he calls a nut cut. I know, it's a horrible phrase. I've had a, a haircut and he walked in this morning. All right, Lister, had a nut cut? Yes, I have, Justin. We'll talk to him in a little bit, but before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts, and bucks. Weather.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Harry starts the demo. Elizabeth, fader Elizabeth,
3: Elizabeth. I had l- Elizabeth. Come. Yes. I, ha- I had the wrong fader open. My fault. Mm. Well, your oh. fault. You, you, you snuck onto fader three <laughs> instead of fader four. <laughs> Did I, so, naughty me? Naughty Elizabeth. So we missed mm. the start. So. Let's let's have it from the start. I want to get everything right, of this okay. weather bulletin. Well,
20: I, what I started with was, oh dear, ah. fact, because it is going to be a really, it's a, just a grey, dreary start. We've got some outbreaks of light rain and drizzle through the rest of the morning and into the afternoon. It will ease off at times, but just leaving us with lots of low cloud and no brightness, so... I don't know if you want to hear me from the start, actually. No, not um, really. We've got, uh, we've got the breeze increasing into the afternoon. It'll still feel fairly mild. Temperatures up to around 8 or 9 degrees Celsius, probably hit 10 degrees somewhere, perhaps in St. Albans, Stevenage, uh, Leighton Buzzard as well, somewhere like that. 10 degrees Celsius, that's 50 in Fahrenheit, but just on-off rain, really, for much of the rest of the day. Into this evening, again, the outbreaks of light rain and drizzle will continue. this are sort of eventually all pushing off into tomorrow morning, so we'll see a dry start to the day tomorrow. Um, starting the day off and around seven or eight degrees so it will be a mild night to come again and then tomorrow again relatively mild but some patchy light rain and drizzle throughout the day same sort of thing for Saturday but it's looking a touch cooler watch out though because for the second half of the weekend it's going to get very cold indeed An easterly wind, some cold air pushing in as well and the chance of some sleet showers just in time for Mother's Day sorry about that that's the forecast
3: oh blimey it's Mother's Day this weekend thanks Elizabeth
20: oh dear
11: when you need local news.
14: The passenger's been banned from easy jet flights for the rest of his life.
11: The Consumer Group, which says more than half the UK's train companies have a customer satisfaction score of 50% or lower. When you need local travel. They're recovering an accident, one car south southbound a Sutton Road, but again central to Watford Junction and London, Euston delayed by
10: 15 minutes. When you need local weather.
20: Then we'll see temperatures drop to minus one, minus two degrees Celsius, a widespread frost into tomorrow morning.
10: BBC Three Counties Radio. And bbc.co.uk slash
3: three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455. 555 is the phone number if you want to give us a call about any of the things we're talking about. And, and one of them this morning has been um, long hair. There's a story in a number of the newspapers this morning about American mother of five, Terry Lynn, who's had long hair since she was a toddler. And it looks like she's never cut it. Her mane now measures six feet. The 43-year-old admits that her hair gets stuck in car doors or sucked up the vacuum cleaner when she's doing the housework. From the back, she looks like Cousin It from the Adams Family. But she says she keeps it the way it is for her husband, who first asked her on a date as a teenager because of her luscious locks. If you've not seen the pictures... Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We'll read out some of those comments in a bit. I don't think long hair on ladies or gentlemen... It's not attractive. It's not attractive, is it, Justin? They should get a nut cut. Well, <laughs> shouldn't they? and <laughs> get a nut cut. Get a nut
23: this cut. Lady, she's doing it for her husband. What a lucky man, eh? What a lucky <laughs> man. I mean, I, the, the, the photographs this morning, I can't quite believe what, what I'm looking at. Because oh, well, when you said this morning, we're going to be talking about a hair story. I thought, oh, here we go again. Slow news day. But, uh, <laughs> it's made it into quite... <laughs> it is a bit. It's made it into quite a number of the newspapers. And it's shocking. Uh, she's got hair down to her ankles. Uh, three children as well certainly following suit in i'm in milson Keynes this morning i've been getting reaction to this lady in the newspapers uh, her hair of course down to her ankles and long hair in general and this is what people have had to say well madam you've seen the photograph this morning uh, yeah. what's your reaction to to what you've seen
31: i think the mother's hair is absolutely disgusting it's vile <laughs> why is it so vile um well i think it's very unhygienic how can she keep that clean Um, You can have all sorts in there. It's disgusting.
23: So when was the last time you saw a lady who had hair as long as that?
31: I don't think I've ever seen anyone with hair like that. Never.
23: And if you did, you'd be saying to your mate, look at her over there, that was awful.
31: Yeah, I think... I I just don't know how she'd manage to keep it clean and... No, it's, it's disgusting.
23: Well, Zelda, you've got quite long hair certainly not as long as this lady is that just disgusting what do you think
32: yeah it, it wouldn't be for me at all it looks really out of condition lots of split ends so i would i would say it definitely needs a good cut i mean the last time i saw somebody
23: like that was probably uh, pat sharp back in 1987 <laughs> on just... the funhouse so when was the last time you saw somebody with hair as long as that i've never seen anyone with hair that long i don't know how she'd brush it <laughs> so it's just wrong yeah it's wrong definitely Anant, you haven't got any hair. What's your reaction to this lady who's got lots of hair? I would say it's not as attractive as she thinks it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so would you say anything past the backside is just a, a big no-no? Yes, that's what I would say that's definitely for me. Jason, ladies with long hair, very, very long hair. Does that tickle your fancy? <laughs> nah, not at all. I'm
33: not a long-haired sort of guy, really. Um... It's just horrible. I don't know how she could grow that, that to that length. It's just, it's not natural.
23: I mean, that's the extreme. Obviously, we're talking about hair here down to the ankles, but, but any lady who's got hair past their backside again, is that just a, a big no no? They shouldn't be doing that?
17: I'm um, her shoulders all the way. No longer.
23: <laughs> Ladies, if you've got shoulder-length hair <laughs> and you're attractive, Jason and Milson Keynes is looking for you. Is that correct?
21: <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> just, just
3: laugh in a really <laughs> sinister, creepy fashion, Jason. That's
23: all you need
3: <laughs> <Jason>. oh, <Paulie. laughs> uh, Justin, you've, you've got very short hair mm-hmm. uh, that changes changes colour from uh, regularly. Yes. Uh, have you ever had long hair? No. I. Do you know what? If, if I could have long hair,
23: I would actually have long hair, but unfortunately unfortunately I can't grow it gets to a certain point mm. and then I get these split ends listen to me talking this yep. morning but so uh, yeah I struggle with that so but certainly you know hair past the shoulders for a man not convinced it's um, it's a good look I mentioned in that piece there w- when it comes to to men with long hair the last time I saw a man with really long hair yep. was Pat Sharp in the fun house back <laughs> in the 1980s with the
3: twins yes. I um I had long hair for a bit I say long it, it kind worrying. of got yeah it was awful it was It kind of got down nearly to my shoulders a bit. You in saying that I've got the uh, new publicity brochure here, uh, BBC Three Counties Radio, <laughs> now on DAB. Yes. You're on the front, oh. and it can't get any worse than that photograph. But, get out of it, Justin Dealey. It may get worse. We're having more photos done today. Who knows? I've got a button missing on my shirt in a very vital position. Anyway, joining us now is Madeline Marsh. She's the author of Compact and Cosmetics A History of Beauty. Madeline, long hair, it's a no no, isn't
32: it? Well, depends on the person, depends on the hair. I mean, yeah, you're sort of, you know, lady with the full-length maxi skirt hat. That really does sound repulsive. But hair is a sign of life and energy, isn't it? Yeah, Like the Victorians, it was the lady's absolute crowning glory. And beautiful long hair. I'd say halfway down the back. Is probably about the full length. That's the goes. maximum oh, I'm going to let you have, Madeline, because Oh, what... but it's so beautiful. If somebody is young and beautiful, has amazing hair, be they male or female, because good male hair, most men with long hair don't really look after it and do that dreadful sort of Neil the Hippie thing as well, which pulls <laughs> their face down to the pavement. But well done. Looks fabulous. It's
3: the, the thing... The thing... If it's got a bit of shape to it, if it's got a bit of bounce, like the fella from Status Quo. You remember he had, like, big shaggy, long, blonde locks? But if it's just straight, oh, it looks, you look oh, like a yeah. witch.
32: But if, if it's straight, but, you know, again, we could always, yeah, look back to the past. Think about 18th century gentlemen in their wigs. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all very Johnny Depp and sexy.
3: Oh, Madeleine, I, I feel we're, we're, we're tapping into your, your fantasy well, here. Was it well
32: when I first met my husband? He did have long hair and wore a ponytail, but men, if you've got long hair, wear your ponytail up.
3: Can I, can I ask, you said he did have long hair. Has he gone bald now?
32: No, oh. no. He's got fabulous hair, interestingly. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. But he was going for a job application <laughs> at rather a sort of serious blue-chip place. So eventually he had to cut it, but interestingly, when he went to the hairdressers, he yeah. said, well, it's got to be cut off. So the hairdresser did the great big snip, and suddenly... My husband noticed that the ponytail had disappeared. He said, well, what have you done with the ponytail? And the um, hairdresser looked very red. So I've thrown it away, I've thrown it away. And my husband just said, you haven't thrown it away. Opened a drawer and there was his ponytail, which the hairdresser was going to sell for large amounts of money to make a week. You are joking. No, hair, very valuable.
3: How much would he have got for your husband's ponytail? Well, I don't know.
32: I'm not that's quite inc- up in husband ponytail rates at the that's moment. Inc- that's an incredible uh, but, yeah, story. Because of real hair. Uh, of course. Again... Back in the day, ladies used to sort of the peasant girls, particularly with yep. good, strong locks, used to sell their hair to make wigs well, for the sort of follicly challenging. You, s- you still hear that
3: now, that you know, in places like yes. China and things like that, that the, the women sell their hair. You hear stories. Well, one thing we, we will de- we, we will agree on, surely, Madeline, is the balding gentleman with the ponytail, the, the, the Mick Fleetwoods. Yeah,
32: that do- that doesn't work, does it? No, having more down the end doesn't make you look like you've got more on top.
27: Mm. and
32: for ladies there's another sort of ageing thing and it's the really tragic thing that the back of your head must match the front of your face (laughs) it's true isn't it because you never want to take a really bad surprise when you turn round
3: (laughs) Madeline listen I appreciate you coming on thank you very much indeed that's incredible the the barber tried to to steal her husband's ponytail wonderful Paul Paul Hi, how you doing? Pauline in Stevenage, I'm I'm good. What, what's your take on long hair?
7: Well, um my ex wife used to have hair down to her bum and it was it was really good condition and yeah. it was lovely and I do like long hair but um people are saying they'd never seen hair as long as this, this lady's and if I remember rightly there was a country and western singer called Crystal Gale. Oh Crystal Gale, yeah. Oh she was in the paper uh, yesterday, yes. She used to have hair down to her ankles, because I remember seeing her on stage one time. She uh, sang... My dad, um, my dad had a country and western band, so... D-
10: really?
3: What, yeah, what, yes. what, was, what was Crystal Gale's song? Did she sing, Don't it make my brown eyes blue? Was that her? I don't know, I can't remember now. Was it Blanket on the Ground or something? No, Blanket on the Ground was Billy Joe Spears. Oh, right. I think. I,
7: uh, yeah, but I, don't, I do remember she had hair. I'm sure it was her. There was a country and western yes, thing and was. That, that used to have hair down to the ground.
3: And your dad was in a country and western band?
7: Oh, yeah, for 40 years, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's, that's the voice of a very tired man who's heard far too much country and western music. Paul, thank you very much indeed Yeah, Dad was in the country in West Manhattan for 40 years We we don't like to talk about it Um, And uh, Facebook, Benjamin says Ian, you're spot on, it's a real turn off My message to these women Get a haircut or a nut cut As it makes you look unattractive Also, how long does it take to wash and to dry? I bet it takes forever Right, let's get the travel news now Let's go to Sophie Tyler
8: and Bucks travel BBC three counties radio.
9: The M11 is still looking like it is closed, with stationary traffic in both directions following a serious accident. Motorbike involved between Junction 7 at the Harlow and 6 at the M25. Anti-clockwise on the M25, also still busy as well. Queuing traffic following the earlier accident between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Congestion is back to the Brook Street roundabouts, although all lanes have now been reopened. Everything else not looking too bad. A few usual delays on the A1, particularly at Barnet Bypass, heading southbound at the moment slow around Mill Hill Circus also busy as well at the moment on the A10 heading through Chesant. Everything else not too bad at all and trains are moving fairly nicely at the moment. Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio
3: Thank you Sophie This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll talk more after the news about carers, the number of carers that are having to quit their jobs to look after sick or elderly relatives (laughs) beds, hearts
8: and bugs talking.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning, it's eight o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, two million carers sacrifice jobs, process meat linked to premature death, and Google send out the streetcars. BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million people have given up work to take care of a family member, according to a survey by Carers UK. Lorna Hankin has more. According to the charity, over one in five adults have seen a negative impact on their work as a result of becoming a carer. This includes having to quit their job or reduce their working hours. They found the impact was highest amongst 45 to 54-year-olds. The charity, along with the business forum
28: Employers for Carers, are calling on the government to step up support.
0: A study of the eating habits of almost half a million Europeans suggests diets heavy in processed meat can lead to early deaths. Here's our health correspondent, Dominic Hughes.
19: Those who eat a lot of processed meat, like ham, bacon and salami, tend to have unhealthy lifestyles. They're more likely to smoke and to eat fewer fruit and vegetables. Even taking these factors into account, a new study finds the more processed meat someone eats, the greater the chance they will die early. High levels of consumption, more than 160 grams per day, roughly two sausages and a slice of bacon, significantly increase the risk of dying from heart disease and, to a lesser extent, dying from cancer.
0: The RBS banking group's been hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months. Customers of Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest and Ulster Bank were unable to withdraw cash for several hours last night. The bank's apologised and says services are now running normally, but some customers are continuing to report problems. Scientists say hundreds of thousands of deer should be culled every year to control their soaring numbers. It's estimated there are now one and a half million deer in the UK, the highest figure since the ice age. Researchers at the University of East Anglia say the animals are damaging crops and doing serious damage to the natural habitat relied on by many other species. Google has announced plans to expand its Street View facility in spite of ongoing privacy concerns. When the firm sent its image capturing car to Milton Keynes in 2009, a group of neighbours in Broughton refused to let it photograph their street as they considered it an invitation to burglars. Nick Pickles from campaign group Big Brother Watch says Google aren't doing enough to allay those fears.
29: Something that we've had you know, a regular experience with is that it's still not particularly easy to get hold of Google and say, you, there's something in your house that you want blurring or you're individually in the pictures and you want blurring better. That's really concerning because if you are in this, you should be able to easily say, I want my face blurred or I want my property blurred. and. People don't seem to be responding to that concern quick enough.
0: In sports, Tottenham face Inter Milan tonight in their Europa League last-16 first-leg tie at White Hart Lane. They're set to be without Emmanuel Adebayor, as the striker is still suffering from a knee injury he picked up in Sunday's North London derby. The weather, cloudy with occasional rain or drizzle, and a top temperature of 6 degrees Celsius, that's 43 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties, BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Your hair's not that long, Catherine. It's longer than a lot of people well, my age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is why I got a bit worried. So, how,
3: but now, where does your go, yours go? How long does bra it go? Bra
0: strap. I think that's my what? limit. Bra strap. Could you stop saying that word? What? The, strap or bra? Oh, for goodness sakes. So we're
3: going to lower <laughs> the, the tone. Oh, dear. Well, you ask. Go away. To do apologise. Rude. If, you, if I'd have had to list five words, That that I thought Catherine Boyle would not be saying this morning Brass strap What? Something for the dads there (laughs) Morning this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Suddenly It's three minutes past eight The show's nearly over JVS will be on at nine No doubt he'll pop in in about Oh I don't know, eleven minutes If you want to be precise about it To tell us what's happening on his show today In the meantime Some of the things we're talking about more than two million people have given up work to care for disabled, sick or elderly relatives and loved ones. I'll be speaking to the organisation Employers for Carers to find out why they think, uh, what they think sorry, the government should do. Google Street View. Four years since it was launched and now it's being updated. People in one part of Milton Keynes chased one of the cars down the street because they said it was an invasion of privacy. I'd love to have seen that. Well, what do you think of it now? And well, Have you seen the pictures in the papers today of the mum from America? Her hair is six foot long. It's disgusting, isn't it? Isn't it? Can we find the longest hair in beds, hearts and bucks, men or women? 08459 four double five five double five, Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: We'd love to hear from you if this story affects you, as I'm sure it affects so many of our listeners. Over two million adults have given up work to care for an elderly parent, disabled or seriously ill loved one. That's according to a new survey. A poll by Carers UK shows more than one in five adults have seen their work negatively impacted as a result of caring, including having to quit their job or reduce their working hours. The impact was highest amongst 45 to 54 year olds. Well, first of all, let's go to Madeline Starr, who's from Employers for Carers, who helped with this survey. Madeline, what exactly did the survey find?
28: Uh, it asked adults whether or not caring had had a negative impact on their uh, work, and as we've we've seen, a staggering number responded either having given up work to care or reduced their working hours and the impact was was greatest among people with the most um, skills and experience, that 45- to 54-year-old age group.
3: What would you like to see happen, Madeline?
28: We think what's really important is a combination of support from employers, obviously workplaces that recognise that caring has an impact as much as parenting, uh, on families and their ability to work and to work productively. So there are really useful things employers can do. But of course we're also um, campaigning for better care services that support families in the same way that childcare enables parents to go to work. We have to have care services for our elderly, disabled or frail loved ones that enable us as families to stay resilient, to combine work and care and to get on with our lives without this awful impact.
3: You're right to, to mention the childcare, because sort of about 10, 12 years ago, things started to change to make it easier for parents to go to work, including, you know, the introduction of creches in some workplaces and, and help with, with with childcare. How would that work for people caring for sick or elderly relatives?
28: Well, we think we should see the same investment in care. If we can look at care in the same way, if we can say, OK, this isn't only about supporting individuals and obviously we need to look at the quality of care and how it's provided but it's also about supporting working families then we can invest in it in a different way we can see it as something which promotes the ability to work in our, our society and our economy so we think more investment to actually grow the supply different ways of delivering it you know micro businesses the same kind of thing we saw with child care where small groups of people set themselves up to deliver really great local childcare services. The same kind of thing. But that needs investment and business incentives. Let's look at this as a, as a business case rather than this endless investment in public services. Uh, and also we need investment to make it affordable, and that's what we also saw with childcare. We'll only be able to do this if people can afford to pay the costs of care.
3: Can, can employers do any more to make things easier?
28: They can certainly um, recognise that care services are important to them uh, and make it their business, if you like. And Employers for Carers is really leading the way here by acknowledging that, uh, that care has the same case as childcare and they're putting their weight behind this call for a better supply of affordable, good quality care and support. Uh, and at the moment, they're heading up jointly with, with government, a uh, task and finish group, looking at how we can really make it work but, of course, they also have a responsibility to recognize that their employees who are juggling work and care might be struggling. So help identifying the people in their workplace who are caring, making it okay to come forward and disclose that so that people don't fear that they, they, they risk um, promotion or advancement because they're caring. And then offering uh, good support, and that might be flexible working or flexible leave arrangements, but also information on where they can get help from outside the workplace.
3: Madeleine Stark from Employers for Carers. Thank you very much. We'll be joined now by Nadine Doris, currently independent MP for Mid-Bedfordshire, who's a former member of the Health Select Committee and used to be a nurse. Morning, Nadine. Good morning. What are the government doing for carers?
5: Um, well, they're about to bring forward the Care and Support White Paper, um, and which will recognise for the first time ever, I think, the rights of carers. I think they're doing a bit more than that. I think Madeline, you might have heard um, her mention there, the task and finish group, who have what last year the government did was held a summit with employers, the carers and the government to, to look at how best carers can be supported in the workplace. And I think that group is due to report to ministers later this month. And I think that's the reason why this survey has taken place. And there's always a reason for a survey. And it's because something's about to happen and be discussed and it's to give added information and more PR to the cause. And so the government is doing and doing something and it will be listening to the task and finish group later this month when they report to them to look for ways in which the government can actually legislate to support carers. And that's the first time ever this has happened. Um, in the past, it's always been those who are ill who've been supported and, and those who need the care. Um, legally never before have carers been legally um, entitled to provision and that's what the government are doing now they're recognizing that carers are um, incredibly important it's a huge number of people think like one in eight adults about six million people in this country are carers the government's recognizing that and looking for ways that they can assist and provide legal provision for those people
3: because the carers save the country a fortune if all the carers kind of up sticks and, and, and sort of walked out, it would cost a fortune, wouldn't it, to look after all those vulnerable people?
5: Gosh, it would, yes. And, um, you know, I visited the Tamar nursing home in in my constituency, last week, and um, you realise, if you didn't have carers, how many Tamar nursing homes would we need um, across... Bedfordshire and how much would that cost and it's you know the cost doesn't actually bear thinking about and it's the cost which would come down on the shoulders of the local authority so you know and, and that's important it's not just um, in, in the care of elderly people either there are people who care for uh, as the children who um, who can't actually work full time or, or recognize their own um, career potential because they have children to care for, or young adults or teenagers. The so people often think when they think of carers, that it's people looking after the elderly. Mm. It's people who look after children who are, are difficult who need to be adopted or fostered. And there's, so there's a whole range of caring needs. And I think that's what needs to be recognized. It's a very wide scope. It's that they are saving the state a vast amount of money, and those people do need, and quite rightly, if the time has come that they need to have some recognition of, of their own for the job that they're doing, for the difficulties they face.
3: And it is, uh, we were talking about this earlier on, it, it, if you are a carer, it can be very isolating, can't it?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, there are, but there are, you know, over, I think it's over a million people um, in the country actually for more than one person. and I think that's even more isolating because can you imagine if you're caring for two people or three people, how, how, how busy and how much of your time that would take and how little time you'd have for yourself or for, for communicating with anybody or doing anything. So it is very isolating, it's very lonely. It's uh, very emotional as well. It's quite an emotional task. And all these carers are really just nurses um, who aren't recognised as such, who aren't paid as such, who aren't given the status of nurses, but that's the job that they're doing. And um, I, I'm gonna, as I said again, the time has come for carers to be recognised. And I think, you know, imp- employers for carers do a specialised job. They're, they're looking at how people can um, help our employers, can help people who have caring responsibilities, and how those people can continue their careers uh, and move forward and recognise their working potential. But there are many aspects to caring. It's not just people who are in employment. And, and I think society needs to understand that the people who need caring for and the people who care for them at home make, make up a vast number of people in society.
3: I think you're right. We've heard some amazing stories uh, this morning. Finally, Nadine, I introduced you as the independent MP. When are you going <laughs> to get your wit back? back? When are you getting your wit back? <laughs> um, um, when am I getting my wit back? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be ages ago. What, what's, what's gone wrong? um well
5: um i don't know it's uh but there is um, a strong movement for me in the conservative party to have my whip back i think um certain people are just waiting for mr cameron and mr osborne to say yes oh is like, there, is there a cons- is me- there a conspiracy against you <laughs> <laughs> um, all I can say is that my colleagues and the Whips are very keen for me to be given my whip back. and um, It seems that Mr Cameron and Mr Osborne might not be so keen as just yet, but I think that's just a matter of time.
3: OK, Zane, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Zane Doris, who is currently independent MP for Midbed. She wants her whip back. But Cameron and Osborne are, uh, are being resistant. Well, we shall follow that. But we, we have heard some, um, some incredible stories about carers. And it, it is, if all of these carers walked out and said, you know what, I'm not looking after mum or gran or my husband or my wife anymore, it would, it would cost the country a fortune. We wouldn't be able to pay the bill. At all. So, you know, good work you that are doing it. 08459 455555. Let's get
8: the travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. and Bucks travel BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Heading south on the M11, it is still closed with long delays following the earlier accident involving a motorbike between Junction 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Northbound, it is also queuing because of this. All lanes have been reopened, but still looking very, very slow in the same area, so 6 at the M25 and 7 for Harlow. Now on the M25, it is also still queuing following an earlier accident between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 at Enfield. Congestion back to the Brook Street roundabout at 28. Again, all lanes have been reopened but still looking very slow at the moment. Now, we've got the usual delays on the A1 and the A10. Nothing that's going to hold you up for too long, those. And 15-minute uh, delays on the East Midlands services passing through the area following a signal problem. That's The Latest. I'm Sophie Tyler.
3: Thank you, Sophie. Morning, it's 8.15. It's Thursday, the 7th of March. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million people have sacrificed their jobs to take care of a family member. That's according to a survey by Carers UK. A study of the eating habits of almost half a million Europeans suggests a diet heavy in processed meat can lead to an early death. In sport, England were bowled out for 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first test. Your weather today for Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Cloudy with occasional rain or drizzle. Top temperature is six degrees. And coming up before 8.30, four years since Google Street View was launched. And now it's being updated. Well, people in one part of Milton Keynes chased one of the cars down the street because they said it was an invasion of their privacy. What do you think of it now? 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Oh, there you are, Jonathan. I've been stalling because of you. Right, let me... I'm going to play a jingle. You settle down.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs)
10: every weekday from three Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories there's a sporting story emerging Paul
21: Buckle has left Luton Town Football Club by mutual consent
18: the owners of the Centre MK have drawn a part of an application regarding the Primark development local talking points the
10: Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner Mr David Lloyd has a plan to get sponsorship for police cars the best local travel there's been another day of disruption on the
12: Thameslink line today we were allowed evacuating something Train and we
10: had to go back to Ratchet and now we're waiting for the bus. Roberto Peroni, every weekday from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're both looking smart, we're both wearing blue shirts because
3: we are having a photo done today. <laughs> what this show needs, what's that, is a horn. Oh, no, you're not having my horn. Honk honk. <laughs> <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> not enough DJs uh, have horns. Honk, honk. Have you got makeup on? No, I haven't. I need some. You look as if you got something on. What have you got on? No, I'm not anything. I have a mean, shave what do you look at my eyes you look at no you look a little bit tanned someone said this to me yesterday i bumped into someone who i used to work with years ago who's very very influential and powerful and i looked awful and i said to him oh you've been aware on holiday you're a bit tanned he said well so are you and i thought no i'm not at all and then i did the thing of um i had nothing to say to him and i felt really embarrassed bumping into him because he's incredibly wealthy and successful and i went i was in london on the tube oh this is my stop oh where are you going Here And I got off, (laughs) and I I hid, and then I waited for the next train. Oh, Isn't that sad? Speaking of sad, we're having photos on today. Yes. Can I borrow your shirt? My shirt? Yes. No. Why? Because
19: it's my shirt, and I won't have anything to wear. Well, you can borrow... You can have it back. Have you got a needle and thread? No. Oh look at that oh look dear that no don't worry blue tack that's what you need <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a button has come off my shirt by my, my belly button button has come
19: off no so it's well, no if don't I, worry just make sure they they shoot the photo you know pectoral up
3: if i stand like this with a shirt done. i say
19: pectoral. it's just a joke
3: steady <laughs> this, this is fine if i got the jacket done up it's yeah, fine that's but fine if i want to look relaxed
19: you look arms low. Oh, Out go- pops your belly. Oh, it's going to oh, go no, well today. No, don't worry, it'll be fine. You just you know you're you're
3: doing that thing where I hope Ian's photos are worse than mine, <laughs> so I look even better
19: than no, I am. No, I no, I hope yours look very nice because the last ones were horrible. <laughs> they were, they, they were, they were horrible. Can I just say, mm. listening to your show yesterday?
1: Mm.
3: Little bit rude, I thought, when you played the, the clip out of context oh. of my show. Oh we got some of the like I just thought it was it was out of context and it made me <laughs> look like a bully and I wasn't it, it came from you oh. bullying me. Uh, hang on a minute. When have I bullied you? When you gave me really nasty, rude advice about my television. That's when you bullied me. <laughs> and yet some Muppet phones up your show because um, they don't want to live 45 minutes away from wherever it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll sort that out. I'll, yeah, I'll have a word. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll find out the cat. Don't worry, my love. I'll find out the cat. Tim, can we forget get the cat? Oh, I've got cars on life, i will fall off. You bullied me first. So... <laughs> I will be listening today, and at the same time, uh, eleven o'clock. It was. It was just Mm. after eleven. I was crying in my car. Just after eleven, I expect a public apology. (laughs) Right. Otherwise, it goes to Ofcom.
19: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll see what we can muster. Coming up at nine on this morning's big phone-in. I'm asking, are you going off meat? Silly question to ask you, isn't it? (laughs) Sausages, ham, bacon and other meats we all regularly eat appear to be increasing the risk of an early death. I love my meat. This story is very upsetting to me. This is according to new research published in the BMC Medical Journal. The report concludes that diets high in processed meats are linked to cardiovascular disease, cancer and early deaths. Who'd have thought? Who would have thought a load of bacon and sausages could kill you? Well, what with all the horse meat, mm. um, we know that red meat, apparently if you eat too much red meat, that's going to give you bowel cancer. Now we know that if you're eating processed meat, you've got an increased risk of getting cancer. Is is the enjoyment of meat perhaps rapidly flying out the window for you? From nine this morning, I want to hear, are you going off meat? Is there anyone who, like Ian, Has it, when was the last time you had a sausage? I've not had a sausage for
3: 24 years. Really? Can I make a confession? Go on. I had a tiny little bit of lamb the other day. (gasps) No,
19: no, 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 (gasps) no. No, no, listen. A tiny bit of lamb. No. They're the cutest ones. No, no. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) I
3: knew I I should have said this on the radio. (laughs) Listen, I my boys eat meat. Mm. They're three and one. And I cooked them some lamb. I don't mind cooking meat. Yeah. And I had to te- just check it to make sure it was cooked. Not to give my boys. You want me to give my three year old. <coughs> I'm choking now, <laughs> look, with emotion. You want me to give a three year old raw meat. Is that what you want? Raw it's, lambs,
19: the way it should be. Pink. Oh, dear.
3: <laughs> it's a tiny little. Is that Did much? Did you enjoy
19: it, though? It very nice. Nice, isn't it, lamb? It's very nice. Beautiful. Sweet meat. Beautiful. <sighs> Sweetmeats to... rapid ragu with lamb, delicious lentils. Masala wine. Do you want to finish your thing? I've got a guest coming up. So Look. at nine no- <laughs> so I'm going to not- Kevin Lynch in a minute about Google, but I can't because you're banging on about ragu. <laughs> at nine this morning, are you going off meat? Or perhaps liking it and you're starting to go back on it. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever mention that again 08459
3: 455 555 is the phone number if you want to get in touch with JVS you can send him an email now as well if you want show at bbc.co.uk call 08459
4: 455 555 08459
8: 455 555
4: BBC Three Counties Radio
3: oh dear all next door I've just I've just heard Jonathan next door <laughs> We're all doing My producer, who is uh, producer Laura, who is also vegetarian, had a little bit of turkey this week. (laughs) It was the tiniest, it was literally a slither of lamb to make sure the meat was good. You want me to give raw meat to a three-year-old? Is that what you want? Now, you may use Google's Street View to have a look at your own street. Check out houses to buy. or just be a bit nosy. It's nearly four years since it arrived in the UK, and now it's getting a major revamp. The Street View cars have been roaming Britain, refreshing the coverage in the big cities and bringing new images to remote places. When it launched, while some were fascinated, others were appalled by it and saw it as an invasion of their privacy. In 2009, people in Broughton and Milton Keynes chased a Street View car away and accused Google – I love that story – accused Google of trying to peer through their windows. Um, but before we uh, we go and uh, we're going to speak to Justin Dealey a little bit possibly. But before we do speak to Justin, we can speak to Kevin Lynch. He's a technology correspondent for the Mirror newspaper. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. Ian. How, How intrusive do you think Google Street Watch is?
27: Um,
33: personally, I don't think it's. I mean, let's let's get to the heart of it. The images that are captured on Street View they're captured in broad daylight in public places uh visible to any passerby by at that particular time so i think in in that just on on that level i don't feel they are that intrusive
3: there are some people who say though that with the the, the um the arm is too high on the car so it's looking over fences and, and hedges and things like that
33: well you only have to look you only have to use the service yourself um you know you can perhaps look slightly above above head height but you know it's no different than if someone was going past in a bus or you know a large articulated lorry it isn't it isn't that you know you don't have the opportunity really to peer that much further than than anyone at at street level
3: the thing the thing that everyone does when they when they get they've got the whole world at their fingertips everyone just looks at their house don't they
33: well, yeah, but I think it, I think there's there's more of a use than that. I mean, how many of us, perhaps before going on holiday, we've we've tried to become accustomed with with where we're going to be staying and looked at you know the the locality around, perhaps our villa that we're going going to stay in, in Spain, or or the little you know the little apartment that we're going to stay in in Paris, and where the Ooh, the You, le- you lead a very exotic. Or, <laughs> you lead a very exotic life, Kevin. <laughs> hardly, in, hardly. Yeah. Uh
3: uh that we we spoke to um uh, a security expert earlier on who said well yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all very well and good but burglars use it because they can see what a house looks like if there's a good escape route is there a, a, a burglar alarm on there so it's, it's it's ideal for the lazy burglar who can't be bothered to case the joint properly
33: well i think um i think michael who you spoke to earlier um a lot of his his sort of Reservations about about Street View or Google Maps in general is with the bird's eye view maps that you get or the aerial photography yeah. um, that you get with uh, Google Maps. But the thing with that is, it's it's nothing that the Ordnance Survey hasn't been doing for decades. And you know th- that sort of imagery, it's been it's been available to the general public for for you know decades. So. Um, you know, it's it's nothing as worked in terms of street view. it not really anything different than you know. If someone wants to scope out your house for a potential burglary, they can just walk past and see the same sort of things that that they can see on, on street view. Kevin, what's next?
3: What's the n- the next thing that's going to come and, uh, and 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 kind of do this for us?
33: Well, <coughs> you've got to look at why this is this sort of information, this sort of data is important to Google. Um, one of them is because computing's going mobile, and, you know, having this sort of information at your fingertips, it's a little bit of a battleground between Google and Apple. Apple, obviously, you know, uh, uh, last year they tried to launch their own version of Google Maps, Apple Maps, which was a bit of a disaster. Oh, it was rubbish. Quite frankly. Um largely because they don't have the scope and the data that google has but what's really emerged i guess in the last sort of year or two is that the information that google is gathering from their streetcars that are going around is going to be information they're going to be using for their next big project which is driverless cars so basically you're going to have cars going around being able to go around streets on their own, the code oh. using using street data oh. that they've that they've managed to uh, pick up through through uh, Google Google Street View.
3: Kevin, we've got to end it there. We're out of time. But you threw that googly in at the last minute. The googly Google driverless cars. It's like the Night Rider. <clears throat> they've got this Google Glass where you wear a pair of glasses and it's like you can do Skype on it and stuff. And now they've got driverless cars. i have not heard of that. Oh, Kevin, you tease us with that. Thank you very much. That's Kevin Lynch there, who is a technology correspondent for The Mirror. Well, Justin Dealey is in Broughton um, in Milton Keynes. It's the, the place where they chased away a streetcar. If you see him, grab him, say hello, and You can go on the radio in about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes time. Something like that. Before we go to the travel, two texts on this uh, processed meat story that JVS will be covering a bit later on in the show. No processed meat. Jog on, says Richard in Dunstable. If we listen to everything that's bad for you, we would eat nothing. And Ben in Buckingham has emailed, Come on, people, get a grip. This story about processed meat is just rubbish. They're trying to scare people. I, for one, am not fooled by it, and will eat meat as we need it to help our bodies function. Which well, JPS will be discussing it later on. 08459 455555.
8: Here's the travel news now, Sophie Tyler. and Bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Southbound on the MLA 11. We're still looking at long delays following the earlier accident. Motorbike involved between 7 at Harlow and 6 at the M25. Now congestion is back to uh, almost at Junction 8 now at Bishop Stortford. All lanes have been reopened, but we are looking at delays of around an hour and 15 minutes, I'm afraid. Northbound also still very heavy because of this in the same area with congestion back towards Junction 5 at Loughton. All lanes, again, are open, but still really causing problems there. Anti-clockwise on the M25, also still queuing between 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. And heading south on the A41 through Watford, we're getting reports the one lane is closed and there's queuing traffic following an accident, a van and a motorbike involved just before Junction 20 at the M25 at Kings Langley, with congestion back towards Meadow Way. Everything else not looking too bad at the moment. Some disruption, though, on First Capital Connect services heading in towards central London. So Do check before you travel. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you, Sophie. 8.30, time for the news and sport now. Here's Catherine. Getting beds, hearts and bugs
8: talking.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning the headlines more than two million people have sacrificed their jobs to take care of a family member according to a survey by carers uk a study of the eating habits of almost half a million europeans suggests a diet heavy in processed meat can lead to an early death and the rbs banking group which includes natwest and royal bank of scotland has been hit by computer problems for the second time in nine months Red's Hearts and
8: Bucks Sports BBC Three Counties Radio Let's
0: start with cricket England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day 2 of the first test in Dunedin at stumps New Zealand are 131 without loss trailing England's first innings total by 36 runs Jonathan Trott top scored for the tourists with 45 runs and he feels the side's bowlers played well today despite failing to take a wicket
17: we bowled all right. I think we were just unlucky. We obviously had a few chances. Um, you know, there was a case of a few balls winning the gaps for them and a few balls went to hand for us. But, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. and There's, there's no place in cricket for feeling sorry for yourself. So we've got to come back tomorrow and, as I said, compete every ball and win. hopefully win the first session well.
0: Celtic have been knocked out of the Champions League after losing 5-0 on aggregate against Juventus. Celtic were beaten 2-0 in last night's second leg in Turin and their manager Neil Lennon felt his side were punished for their poor finishing. Tonight Tottenham face Inter Milan in their Europa League last 16 first leg tie at White Hart Lane. Kick-off is at five past eight tonight. And today's newspaper back pages are dominated by speculation Manchester United striker Wayne Rooney could leave the club this summer. Rooney was left out of United's starting line-up for their midweek defeat against Real Madrid. But the former United assistant manager Steve McLaren doesn't believe that means his time at the club's coming to an end. There are
29: different tactics for different games and different circumstances and that's what Sir Alex does well. And Welbeck, as he showed in the second half in the Burnabout, caused problems for Real Madrid. He did it again and he did exactly the same. So it's horses for courses. They play Chelsea on Sunday and they'll know how to beat Chelsea, what team to play and Rooney most probably will be in that.
0: And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock the bbc in beds hearts and barks this is
4: bbc three counties radio morning ian lee
3: uh, here every weekday morning six until nine o'clock then it's uh, jvs taking over uh, ladies with really long hair there's a story in the newspapers today if you've not seen the pictures facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr it just doesn't work does it? It, it just doesn't work it doesn't look good it's not pleasant Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Not just ladies either; it's gentlemen as well. Midway down the back, the bra strap is fine. Anything beyond that, no, 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 no. And in about fifteen minutes, we will be catching up with our reporter Justin Deely. He's in Broughton in Milton Keynes this morning. Four years ago, residents there blockaded one of the streets because they didn't want Google Street View cars to go down there. But how do they feel now? Well, there's a story uh, uh, that's uh, been in the papers about caring today, because uh, it turns out that the uh, amount of uh, carers shows that, well, a poll by Carers UK shows that more than one in five adults have seen their work negatively impacted as a result of caring, including having to quit their job or reduce their working hours. Well, Sarah's from Long Crendon. Crendon, Morning, Sarah. Morning, Anne. Now, you, you, you've been affected by this. You care for your, your husband. Uh, ha- uh, did you have to give up work? What, what happened?
34: Um, well, I actually care for my husband and my son. Um, yes, I, I had to give up work. Um, my husband was involved in a, an incredibly bad road traffic accident in June 2009. Um, and then in September 2009, my then 12-year-old son came out of school, having had a, a, a breakdown through to bullying. Um, and yes, I, I had to stop work because I had two very, very sick people to look after. Um...
3: How difficult... What, what, were you, what
34: were you doing? I was a social worker.
3: Right. How difficult was it for you to make that decision?
34: It, at, at the time, it was a no-brainer. Um, my husband was incredibly ill. He was lifted off the road in an air ambulance. Um, and so, obviously, for the first three or four weeks when he was in hospital and all the rest of it, I couldn't, I couldn't go to work anyway. And when it became apparent that the, his needs once he came home were, w- would be great... I knew that I would have to I would have to do it. Um it, it was as simple as that. I ha- I had to stop doing my job so that I could look after my husband. And what impact
3: has that had on your life, Sarah?
34: It is immense. Um it is incredibly isolating as has been mentioned. Um we we lost our home. Um we're now um living in um social housing which we are incredibly grateful for. Um but it's probably about 25 miles away from where we used to live and I had a support network where we used to live. I don't have a support network here at all. Um, and by a support network, I literally just mean a neighbor that I could pop into and maybe have a have a cup of coffee with for half an hour before I have to run back and, and carry on doing, doing what I need to do. Um, so so that that's a huge um, impact. Um, I'm lonely. It's really strange when I have my family with me all the time I'm incredibly lonely. Um, And I think also when you're in a caring situation all the time, you yourself become quite unwell. Um, I would say that I'm probably suffering from borderline depression, but if I break, then who's going to look after my family then? Um, And I think also it's almost like the, the social stigma of it all kind of gets you down because whatever we do as carers, we're damned. If we give up work and look after our family, then you know we're a benefit family and we should get off of our backsides and and go and go and do some and go and work and you know taxpayers are paying for you to stay at home and do nothing and if we work then we're damned in the same breath by now you're expecting taxpayers to care and look after your family um and and you should be the one who's doing it
3: so listen we've got to move on but i i appreciate your call and um you know Thank you for talking to us, and make sure you do talk to someone, because I, I can imagine exactly how lonely it is. Uh, Nettie has um, emailed in, I think, or texted in, I think my husband and myself are carers for our daughter. We both work part-time and care part-time. It's a huge financial burden. Luckily, my employers are great. My husband went self-employed. We didn't find it a hard decision due to it being our little child. Lack of support is huge. We were carers for four years before we got told about some benefits. We don't have any external help. And I think that's the thing: is you, you think, oh, you're looking after your husband or your your kid; it'll be fine. You, you've got that, but you've got no company. You, you you can just be stuck there the whole time. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five.
4: This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now, on to uh, slightly lighter things There's a story in the newspaper this morning It's about this family f- Mum and three daughters, they've got really long hair And they keep winning, they keep winning Ponytail competitions What? A po- in America, yeah of, co- of course it is But a ponytail competition Oh my, god! hey, guess what I got tickets for the weekend Are we going to go and see a show? No, no we Are going to go to the pictures? No It's only the ponytail competition ah, I'm alright, thanks Dad well, it's American mother of five, Terry Lynn, has had her hair long since she was a toddler, and it, it now measures six feet. The 43-year-old admits her hair gets stuck in car doors or sucked up the vacuum cleaner when she's doing the housework. Imagine if you were being sick, like throwing up. Imagine that. Well, you got hair that's six feet long. You wouldn't get her to keep that out. Well, you got the escalator. She says she keeps it this way for her husband, who asked her on a date as a teenager because of her luscious locks. Long hair on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not being sexist. It's, it's not attractive, is it? Well, we've got uh, joined now by uh, Nancy Stevens, who is an image consultant for Altered Image in Woburn Sands. Morning, Nancy. Morning, Ian. And we've also got Tracy Gascoigne, who's a hairdresser from Aylesbury. Morning, Tracy. Morning. Tracy, we'll start with you first. Y- y- long hair, it's not good, is it? Well, as long as it's looked
31: after and well-kept, and um, then I don't see why not.
3: Down to your bum? Yeah, there's no problem. As long as it's healthy and it's got a nice uh, shape on it, I don't see any problem with long hair. Down to your ankles. Crispy, tricky. Aha! Aha! I knew! I knew (laughs) we... If it's long and straight, Tracy, listen, you're you're a a hairstylist. Your your joy surely comes from creating these wonderful hairstyles and, and leaving your own mark on people's heads. Long, straight hair, it's a bit dull, isn't it, Tracy? Tracy, Tracy, we've lost, we've lost Tracy. I mean, maybe it was just too much for her to take. Well, let's we speak to Nancy now. who is an image consultant, long hair. Nancy, it doesn't work, does it? On men or women?
2: Well, I think I think the example that you're describing in is a, a little is a tad extreme. Yes. Um, I think, and as you quite rightly say, it's something we see in our American cousins. Not really something we see over here. It's probably favoured by the Amish or all that sort of thing. So I think that's an extreme example. But long hair per se have no problem with i think as uh, tracy quite rightly said before she got cut off was um if it's well looked after it can be lovely um the the issue that used to be um i suppose it used to be for sort of 10 15 years ago was if you got to 40 um w- women were expected to cut their hair off because it was considered a bit mutton um now 40 now being the new 30 a bit mutton not- <laughs> yeah,
12: bit must have. Well good for you. Uh, well done, yes.
2: Um is is uh, it's not no forty now being the now third, new thirty is not it's not really an issue and I think say so as long as it's well kept it, it can look great. Um I do have an issue with what I call my sixteen sixty ers Uh sixteen from the back, sixty one from the front. Ooh. Um
3: So which, what is that what is that how does that work? What does that mean? Well
2: it's just sometimes if you get women of a certain age, I think you know the sort of women I'm talking about, real gym bunnies maybe something maybe in their late 50s long blonde hair yes look amazing from the back and yeah. you turn around it's like oh my god oh yes um, as, as a
3: driver I've, i know exactly what you're talking about yes yes, yes. yes.
2: so so that I, that i that is not quite so attractive but i think um if it's in keeping with um you know your your the way you look and the way you dress it's fine but I, yeah, I think the American example is extreme. But I mean, I'm 46. My hair is long. I've not. In, I've got no intention of cutting it. I mean, it's my my crowning glory. Most people would say. Um, I think men in general. I'm generalising, but most men I know, sort of certainly of my age, and. Um, Certainly my sons, who've only ever known me with long hair, prefer women with long hair. Isn't that and interesting? Again,
3: because most, most of the men we've spoken to, Nancy, have said the opposite of that. Really?
2: What ages were they roughly, though? Uh, I would I say,
3: would, I would, I, sort of, mid-30s. Yeah,
2: possibly. I think I think it is kind of a fashion for right. generational thing. And I do think that, um, that because it's not considered high fashion, that that's probably why. And that's probably what they know, because their girlfriends or wives mm. have got short or a gamine kind of haircut which is seen as quite trendy so possibly it's that, that that's what's in vogue and they don't maybe know any different but certainly i wouldn't say older fashioned men but more traditional men would probably like that and us and um my sons as i say have only ever known me with long hair like women with long how hair how long
3: is your hair nancy where does it reach on your
2: body um, it's probably uh, yeah, yeah, right, right down to the middle of my back, right. sort of my bra, my bra line. So it's fairly long, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've always said to my hairdresser, I mean, I know it's my job to style other people, but sometimes you need somebody else to yes. tell you. And I've always said to her, you know, if, if my hair is a bit mutton, you will tell me. Um, and she, you know, she said, no, it's absolutely fine with my hair's in good condition. And, you know, it is, it is my, probably my best.
3: Well, piece, Tracy, so. our hairdresser is back. Tracy, would you ever tell a client if, if they looked a bit mutton?
2: Um, yes, I would be truthful,
31: yes If I thought it, it didn't suit them anymore Or a new shape
3: needed Yes, I would tell them Okay, so you've, you've got not got a problem with, with, with long hair How about long grey hair, Tracy? Where it's all grey The Willie Nelson that, that that That's not great, is it? No, I think if
31: you've got long grey hair It looks better if it's up in a pleat yep. Or if
3: it's up rather than down And what about balding men with long hair? The Mick Fleetwood. So they're bald on top, oh. but they've got a, a long ponytail. That that well, Tracy and Nancy, <laughs> use Tracy first. You must both agree that doesn't work. No, it doesn't.
31: It's <laughs> yes. much better just going
3: short and going with it. Nancy, you're the, the, the bald ponytail, that's not a good look, is yeah, it?
27: Yeah,
3: no, no, and I don't like long hair on men anyway, oh. to be honest with you. so Oh, a little um, bit of sex, isn't there, Nancy Stevens? It's <laughs> just, just
2: a bit English. <laughs> I, I don't think it's really attractive. I don't like... I don't mind if it's the... Thank you for around the collar, but I really don't like the kind of whole hippie thing. I, I like a well-groomed
3: man. I do. I do have to say. Okay, we're, we're finding out lots about what floats your boat this morning, Nancy. Thank you so much, Nancy Stevens, uh, image consultant for Altered Image in Woburn Sands, and uh, Tracy Gascoigne is a hairdresser from Aylesbury. Isn't it funny how they both agree? Oh, yeah the bald the bald ponytail. You, you used to see a lot. I think Mick Fleetwood, he's the drummer from Fleetwood Mac, of course. I think he got rid of his. Um, I, I, I can't remember maybe he's still got it you do see it occasionally and you think no that, 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 that works on no level whatsoever 08459 455 555 15 minutes of the show left if you want to take part we might be able to
4: squeeze you in
8: here's the travel news now with Sophie Tyler
4: Beds, Hearts and Bugs Travel BBC
8: Three Counties Radio
9: southbound on the M11. We're still looking at delays of around an hour and 15 minutes following the earlier accident. Problems between 7 at Harlow and 8 at Bishop Stortford at the moment. Also northbound very heavy because of this as well between 6 at the M25 and 7 at Harlow. Congestion back to Junction 5 at Loughton at the moment. Now heading south through Watford on the A41 also reports that one lane is closed with queuing traffic following an accident. A van and a motorbike involved just between at Junction 20 at the M25 uh, for Kings Langley with congestion back towards Meadow Way on the A4251. Everywhere else not looking too bad. A1 and the A10 a bit busy way you'd expect for this time in the morning but everything else does seem to be coping fairly well. Still have disruption though on First Capital Connect services passing through the area towards London so do check before you travel. Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you Sophie Morning, it's 8.45 Thursday, the 7th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than two million people have sacrificed their jobs to take care of a family member, according to a survey by Carers UK. A study of the eating habits of almost half a million Europeans suggests a diet heavy in processed meat can lead to an early death. In sport, England were bowled out for just 167 runs by New Zealand on day two of the first test. Coming up before nine, we'll hear more about the fresh evidence that eating too much processed meat, such as bacon and sausages, can lead to an early death. But before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds Hearts and Bugs Weather.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's a rather
20: dreary grey start to the day. We've got some outbreaks of light rain and drizzle for the rest of the morning and indeed into the afternoon as well. What a treat. Temperatures today is still on the mild side, up to around 8 or 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 in Fahrenheit for Luton Milton Keynes as well. We might have been squeak up to 10 degrees somewhere. That would be 50 in Fahrenheit. Light winds this morning. They will start to increase though as we head into the afternoon. So, um, yeah, even when the rain's having a bit of an off spell, it will still be very cloudy, no brightness really to speak of. And then the rain continuing into this evening too, eventually pulling away overnight. So it will be a dry start to the day tomorrow. A mild night, temperatures down to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius and it's looking dry again for a time tomorrow, but more patchy rain in the forecast, I'm afraid. Still mild, temperatures up to 9 or 10 degrees Celsius once more. It's going to be turning much colder though as we head towards the weekend and Sunday afternoon in particular is looking mighty chilly we might even see some sleet showers blowing in on a very cold easterly breeze so yeah um, nice little present for Mother's Day there (laughs) a return to the wintry weather that's the forecast.
3: Thank you Elizabeth Was
10: she laughing because my mother's going to have a cold Mother's Day? Well, shame on her. There are so many ways to listen to Three Counties Radio. On FM 95.5, 103.8 and 104.5. On AM 630 and 1161. Online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. And now on DAB Digital Radio. Search for us, BBC Three CR. Bringing local radio to you in more ways than ever. BBC Three Counties Radio
3: nearly four years since Google Street View arrived in the UK, and now it's getting a major revamp. The cars have been roaming Britain, refreshing the coverage in the big cities, and bringing new images to remote places. Well, in 2009, people in Broughton in Milton Keynes chased a Street View car away and accused Google of trying to peer through their window. Well, our Googly correspondent Justin Dealey is in Broughton this morning. Justin? Yes, Ian, good morning. I I would have loved to have been here almost four years ago when that incident took place. Uh,
23: Residents are furious uh, chasing the Google car away is it me am i being
3: naive here but i haven't got an issue with this at all have you well I d- first of all that it's a wonderful image some people you know some terrified google driver oh, i'm off i'm going <laughs> i haven't but the more i'm hearing about it the more i'm starting to think i don't know if you heard out the security expert in the first hour who said oh it's, it's a gift to burglars they can look all around your house they can find the exits they can see if you've got a burglar alarm it, it mm, i'm not so sure now maybe i'm
23: just naive i mean those people who chase that google car away or Almost four years ago, they said it was
3: an invitation to criminals. That was following well, other they're, burglaries. They're the, same, they're the same people that um, 120 years ago would have smashed up the sewing machines yeah. because they were, they were worried it was going to destroy the world. It's an outrage. They also said it was an invasion of their privacy. So, as you mentioned,
23: I'm back in Broughton in Milton Keynes this morning. I've been talking to people about this update and uh, the service in general and whether they do believe it is an invasion of their privacy. Well, sir, you've lived here for five years now. Google Street View, do you think that's an invasion of your privacy? Uh, No, I don't consider it is. It's um, public territory, really. So you know, as long as people aren't going into people's own private space, I don't see it as a problem. And obviously, you know, all about the process that happened a few years ago. Those people that were protesting, do they quite simply need to to move on and and get a life? Potentially, not putting words in your mouth there, but how would you answer that?
26: Uh, I think so. You know, times change. You know, it's the modern world, new technologies, and you just have to adjust. And it it, is commonplace everywhere. You
23: know, I do use Google a lot for looking at places I need to visit, which I do quite often. so it's a very useful tool to me so you're not worried about somebody seeing your property thinking hmm, i'll burgle that tonight no i wish i had that such a nice property that they would think that <laughs> well greg you're often using google street
21: view is it a good service as far as you're concerned yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, it's just as so good that they're keeping it up to date because it's quite frustrating when you're trying to find somewhere to go. And just because it's been built in the last couple of years, you can't find it. So I think it's good. A few years ago, people—well,
23: some people were furious about any sort of photographs being taken here where you live. I mean, would you call it an invasion of your privacy?
21: Not really, not at all. Um, they blur people out, don't they? And if people wanted to see it, they could just drive here and see it anyways.
23: Well, sir, again, a local resident here in Broughton. Google Street View is being updated. Is that an invasion of your privacy?
35: I wouldn't say it's a direct invasion of privacy, but I do think it's open to abuse.
23: Again, are you worried about people looking at your home thinking it looks nice this evening or next week or whenever they may want to verbal your home because of what they've seen? It could certainly be used in that way, yes. Well, madam, you've lived here for eight years. Have you got any issue with Google Street View at all? No. (laughs) I mean, tell us why that's the case, because some people get very angry about it.
28: Uh, It doesn't bother me. We we didn't exist when we first moved here, so it would be nice to exist.
23: So me going online later on and looking at your property, your front door, again, you don't see that as a security risk at all?
3: No, I've got a dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
28: I'm protected. <laughs> well
23: answered.
3: So, Deeley, JD, do you, mm. you, you're you using
23: the, the, this facility frequently, are you, to have a little uh, nose around? <laughs> I don't use it that often. I mean, sometimes if I'm going somewhere and I'm not sure where I'm going, I think it certainly helps to, to have a quick look. But, but all you're doing is looking at a street. It's yeah. somebody's front door. As somebody mentioned there, if you were to drive down this street, you would see their front door anyway. If this was Google Home View and they were mm. showing your personal belongings that's a completely different issue but again maybe i'm being naive here in maybe i'm being naive
3: but personally i don't have an issue with this Justin Daly, our naive correspondent thank you very much oh justin before you go yeah what do what you so come back come back <laughs> come back you like a, a, a chomp on a sausage or a, a the, bit of bacon don't you the sausage yeah it's going to kill you uh, thanks for that Oh, sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't mean it to be a threat or anything. I was just trying to do a smooth link into our next story. Because it, think about what you're going to tuck into for breakfast, because you might want to listen to this. Fresh evidence that eating too much processed meat, such as bacon and sausages and hot dogs and things like that, could lead to an early death. You don't say, Sherlock. Well, it's based on a large Europe-wide study involving nearly half a million people, which has found the more processed meat you eat the greater your chance of developing diseases such as heart disease and cancer. Well, joining us now is uh, Patrick Holford, a nutritionist who's authored books
35: including Say No to Cancer. Is this any great surpri- surprise, Patrick? Well, it's not a great surprise because it does confirm what other studies have shown, but it's a much larger study and it really does emphasise that, that the risk is quite real. And uh, I think what 's important to know here in relation i mean meat generally increases cancer risk somewhat, but processed meat much more so and The authors of this study go one step further and they say that uh, that we should eat only twenty grams a day, and that would cut three percent of early deaths which literally means thousands of deaths now, and th- 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 that's not a lot of, what's that two rashes of bacon or something it's isn't it kind of nothing i mean multiply it by seven you've got 140 grams so if you think a quarter pounder uh, hamburger is 100 grams so you're talking about one and a half hamburgers a week or oh no more than four sausages a week or uh, you know rashes of bacon or you know a couple of pies so it's it, it's kind of suggesting that, uh, you know, processed meat should be a, you know, a once a week thing rather than a, you know, every day or three times a week. Is it a bit of scaremongering, Patrick? I don't think so, because just about every study that I've seen shows exactly the same thing. I, I think that we probably should be a little bit more cautious about um, why it's happening and the quality of the meat. Just first to answer one thing, uh, one of the big problems with these kind of studies is that obviously people who eat a lot of processed meats also are more likely to smoke, not eat fruit and veg and so on. These are called confounding variables, but they did take all these into account. So I think it's a real result. Now, the, the, the big problem is that when you do over-processed meats and cook them at high temperatures, uh, and make anything brown crispy etc it is a fact that you introduce carcinogens so the point is if you if you have a nice chicken you know ideally free range reasonably fit and you you know roast it for sunday lunch there's very little of what you're eating has been cooked at a high temperature for very long and is you know crispy and burnt except you know perhaps the skin So I think the issue here is eating a lot of, you know, highly processed foods. Now, I'm sure that some of these um, kind of upmarket hamburger joints will, you know, argue that their beef is fresh and literally the hamburger is just, you know, beef in a different form. And probably that is quite different to, you know, heavily processed, you know, cheap um, burger, chicken, pie type food. So my my sort of maxim is if you, you don't know where it came from, sort of don't eat it
3: but, but i remember my mum telling me 30 years ago that the cheap sausages and the cheap burgers that you got lips and
35: backsides it, it's all it, it's the off cuts isn't it well yes it is the off cuts and also you don't really know where it came from because for example all the studies in america have even worse results and in america it's a normal practice to feed um, cattle um, hormones and we know that these hormones increase the risk of breast and prostate cancer which are two of the cancers associated with processed meat now that's not allowed in the eu however there's quite a few processed meat products coming in from the states um that that use hormone treated you know beef so once again kind of better to know where your meat comes from and better not to make everything you know crispy fried browned overcooked
3: the thing with, with 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 i mean i don't eat meat but my family do and we're we're lucky enough that we can afford to buy good meat from yeah. uh, the butchers a lot of people can't and they do rely on these kind of value meals we've discussed this with the whole horse meat thing they do re- re- require you know rely on these kind of cheaper
35: things and these bacons and these these, these cheap sausages so There's not a lot they can do, is there? Well, there's a couple of options. I mean, number one, we all know that fish is much better for us. And there are actually, you know, cheap fish products as well. And generally, they've been associated with reduced risk of cancer and heart disease. Uh, Number two, having more vegetarian protein options. You know, this is sort of in in the beans area. I mean, more meals that that have vegetarian protein. Much, much cheaper. Uh, You know, meat is actually quite expensive compared to those. So it's just a matter of getting of getting the balance right. Patrick, when was the last time you had a lovely bacon butty? Well, I actually haven't eaten meat for 37 years. I'm, I'm a, 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 a fishy-tarian. Oh, you're one of those. You're a cheat. You're yeah, a cheat. Yeah, but I think a fishy-chicky-tarian. Yes. You know, that's a pretty good way to go.
3: Fishy-chicky-tarian. Uh, Patrick Holford, thank you very much. Nutritionist, fishy-chicky-tarian, who's authored books including Say No to Cancer. Well, th- th- What do you think? This whole meat thing it's been a a tough couple of months for me has not it it's been a tough couple of months or coming up with uh, jvs after nine o'clock he's asking are you going off meat and when you hear things like that an american processed meat's got hormones in it that that can give you cancer why would you even go close why would you even touch that stuff well listen if if you're tucking into a bacon sandwich this morning or you've got a nice sausage roll or you're having a bit of a fry-up and you've got a bit of black pudding there, make sure you're listening to JVS After 9 and perhaps give him a call and chomp on your bacon sandwich down the line. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. He'd love it. Right, here's the travel news. Oh, no, there's no travel. Hearts and here she comes! Here
8: she comes! BBC Three Counties <laughs> Radio. There she is.
9: <laughs> Northbound on the M11. Cutting, it fine, <laughs> <Tyler>. cutting
3: <laughs> it fine, Tyler. Cutting it fine, Tyler.
9: It took ages. I don't know why that happened.
3: Yeah, maybe. Anyway, let's well, carry on.
9: Now you're cutting me fine.
3: So right? I do apologise. Right. I'll shut up. You Very carry busy. on. Yes.
9: <laughs> Northbound on the M11, still queuing following the earlier accident. 13 at Junction 6 at the M25 and 7 at Harlow. Congestion back to 5 at Loughton. Also still suffering southbound as well with long delays in the same area but with uh, delays back towards Junction 8 at Bishop Stortford. An hour to get you through that stretch, I'm afraid. And through Hitchin on the A505, it is still blocked with stationary traffic all following a car fire between Willow Lane and Lilybottom as well. While heading south on the A41 through Watford, ports of one lane closing. Queueing traffic following an accident a van and a motorbike involved just before junction 20 of the m25 at king's langley congestion back to london road at meadow way trains aren't looking too bad at the moment sophie tyler bbc three counties radio
3: thank you sophie Well, oh, there we go we staggered through to the end i want to have my picture taken with a, a button missing on my shirt oh dear goes from bad to worse back tomorrow at six stick around though jvs is up next until tomorrow ta-ta
8: Beds, hearts
19: and bugs talking.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
19: you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. Can you believe it? And on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, are you going off meat?